Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Action Radio. This is Greg Penglis coming to you from the historic district of downtown Milton on the banks of the beautiful Blackwater River. And now let's get into Action Radio. We're going to get right to the Steffi Report just to get his uh, bills here. And Bill, the only advice I could pass on to you, if you want to uh, get more in, just do what I do. Talk faster. Tonight, Action Radio presents the Fecky Report. Good morning, Action Radio. Sir Gregory of the Penglis, how are you this morning? Wow, gee, I've been knighted. Sounds pretty good. Yeah, maybe I'll get to be monarch like King Charles one day. Wouldn't that be fun? Do you know <laughs> that guy? I tell you what, what scares me about King Charles is he looks just like my father. <laughs> it's really funny that the resemblance is rather striking. It's got that same kind of British or Australian sort of old style demeanor, but it's it's just one of those things. I look at him and I go, Oh no, I know that face. <laughs> I've seen that face for years. Anyway, um, yeah, that's okay. I'll, I'll pass on that. But um, you know, being uh, being Sir whatever, <laughs> unless I'm Sir. Duke, well, I, Duke, I, I don't Duke, know if I mentioned Duke. this to you before, uh-huh. but um, I actually have royalty in my bloodline. Um, oh, on my on it. my dad, yeah, my dad's side, mm-hmm. his his grandmother's ancestors. Mm. So my great grandmother's ancestors on my dad's side. Um, uh, was actually king of an area in Ireland. Uh, an area. Before Ireland became a country. An, uh, you an know, area. Back, you were back, <laughs> you king of an area? Yeah, but it was, it was, it was, okay, so it was back before Ireland was a country. Well, that's so they all had their own little, yeah. So like they all had the Saxons like, like, and their, the Normans. Okay. Yeah, so it's all back, uh-huh. it was back, you know, when they had territories basically. So, and there's mm. lots of different kings and whatnot. Um and so, yeah, Land. so he was actually Was it called Fecky yeah, Land? Yeah, so um, um no, it was, um it's actually McClary, Mac- uh, McLaren, something like that. But anyways, like I do have blood, uh, I do have uh, like I do so have William royal Wallace. bloodline. <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> I you have royal bloodline. Well, you know you so can you, do. So the, you uh, I say, so, so you, you will address me appropriately from now on. I always address you appropriately. <laughs> the lovely and talented Bill Fecky. What more do you want? <laughs> Lord uh, no. Fecky. Oh, Lord Fecky. Oh, his <laughs> Lord Fecky. Oh, and, uh, I had no idea. You know, but it sounds like uh, you know, when, when uh, William Wallace became Sir William in the movie, remember with the Braveheart with Mel Gibson. Sir William Wallace, you know, I'll address you out, sir, because they made him a lord and all that kind of stuff. Kind of crazy. But, uh, yeah, um, if, you have, if you're king of an area, well, I mean, you know, this, like, remember Fredonia? Let's see if we can do a little test of, of Congress here. There was a, a journalist who asked uh, uh, new uh, members of Congress about our policy towards Fredonia, speaking of small places like the Grand Duchy of Fenwick. You know, we'll do that one another day. But remember Fredonia? This is one of the great jokes on is Congress. Is that the one in California? No, there is, is no that that place. little – no, okay, it, it, there, there is a territory in California that the guy has claimed sanction from the United States 
Um, I, oh, I forgot yeah. the name of the, what it's called. State but, sovereign, yeah. sovereign citizens, all that nonsense. Yeah, that's pretty funny. No, the, there was it was in a Marx Brothers movie. I think it was Night at the Opera or something like that. Anyway, so the mythical country of Fredonia. So this reporter goes up to these uh, new members of Congress as well. Uh, uh, we'd like to uh, get your opinion on our, our policy in Fredonia. Do you think we should keep it or uh, or change it? Of course, it was a setup question, right? And so all, all the ones that had no idea what they were doing, they said, well, I think we should uh, maintain our policy on Fredonia. It seems to work so far. I think uh, consistency is a good thing in foreign policy. We should keep it up. And, of course, the reporter's like laughing hysterically. He goes to the audience later, hey, you know there's no such place, right? So this person, they just, this district elected an idiot. <laughs> but the, there's only one mm-hmm. person that says, well, one member of Congress, one who actually knew what was going on, said, isn't that from a Marx Brothers movie? There is no such place. And it's like, so that's the one that got all the, the rewards and accolades. Anyway, back to your report. And now the lovely and talented so, Bill Fetke, leader of <laughs> no. Fetke Land, a small area of Ireland. <laughs> Anyway, so we got a lot to talk about today. We can talk about oh, no the no, yeah, the number one grifter in the world, who's also uh-huh. the number one mo- money launderer in the world, uh, oh. Zelensky. Um, uh-huh. You know, he he is getting upset with NATO because they won't rapidly approve him to join. Um, this guy is just, I mean, say what you want. Yeah, I know how po- bad Putin is, but this guy is just, he's just something say else. He really is. No, he, uh, yeah. megalomaniac, uh, but he was, he wouldn't be where he's a, he was a stand-up comedian who used his man part to play a piano symbolically. You know, I mean, uh, that's his claim to fame. Okay. So I don't know if you've seen the video, but uh, that's what he does. And, uh, um, but this guy was made by uh, Obama. You know, I mean, he was yep. given the, the country by Obama. You know, I think it was the 2014 was the coup. Um, Biden got rid of the uh, the only decent person in there, which is the attorney general who was investigating, you know, his crackhead son. Um, and so this is all made up. And the worst possible thing, the one thing that we promised not to do um, was to make countries like Ukraine, you know, uh, part of NATO. And uh, what the agreement was, you know, not one more inch east. And Russia's like, okay, that's cool. So Russia had the Warsaw Pact, and we had the NATO countries, and they should have stayed the NATO countries. But this this expansion, permanent war class, these stupid morons that never actually fight a war, and they're never actually there. They don't have the bullets whizzing by their head. Um, they're perfectly willing to to you know kill all of us just so they can make more money in the bank because they they have no concept that what they're doing actually has the world consequences. There are people dying, lots of them, hundreds of thousands of them, and they don't care. And this mindless nope. stupidity. Um, that's going on right now. And they're in NATO and Vilnius. Well, Vilnius is in Lithuania. Lithuania is on the Russian border. Oh, by the way, just as a sideline. Correct. Do you, do you know who came from Vilnius, Lithuania? No, I do not. Captain Ramius. Who? <laughs> Sean Connery's character in The Hunt for Red October. I, I post, I post that Oh, on yeah. Nobody, nobody yeah, got it. I didn't think uh, about that. One of my friends from uh, from Milton here actually understood it. Everybody else is, uh, I think there's maybe two people got it. Everybody else is kind of blown away. I, I put this big post on Facebook. Do you know who else came from Vilnius? Captain Ramius. You know, and it's, you can tell who the dudes are that watch, you know, war films. Uh, and you can tell who the chicks are that don't. It's, really, it, cause only a couple, it, it's couple been so many years since I've watched that movie. I, I barely ever remember that movie. Um, well, I just made a reference I, to I, Marx I, Brothers. Well, I, I you hate, know, the, I hate so, submarine you know, movies. I, know. You I just hate movies? submarine movies. Why? No, I don't like them. They're 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 it's too dark, um, cold, wet, you know, and they're always yeah. It's it just I don't know. It's just anything underwater. I really don't get too excited about. Da dum, da dum. That's not underwater. Da dum 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 d
Sorry. But uh, speaking of dumb, uh, let's talk about <laughs> Disney for a second. Oh, let's talk about Disney. <laughs> so Disney came out. Uh, not only is their stock way down, mm. but the people walking through Disney right now are is tremendously down. Uh, back really? in 2008, yeah, back in 2018, during mm-hmm. the summer of 2018, uh, the average wait time for rides was 47 minutes. Uh, mm. Last year. Okay, so last year it was down to 42 minutes. Uh, this, or actually, sorry, down to 39 minutes. This year mm-hmm. it's down to 27 minutes. Wait, it's still too long. Well, why would well, you it, wait it, more than 10 minutes for a ride? But that's just me. Um, a half hour is my cutoff time, depending on what the ride is. Uh, mm. But the point being is that uh, people are just not going through the turnstile the way that they used to. And there's mm. many things that – there's many reasons why. One, okay. the COVID money finally ran out. People finally <laughs> ran out of COVID money. Uh, mm. So now they've actually had to go back to work. And oh, they cannot, what a concept. <laughs> yeah, and they cannot take, their, take a vacation because they haven't right. been on their job long enough to get a vacation. Huh. Uh the, sec- the second reason is there is a small liberal boycott of Florida going on. Uh, I don't know how true or how oh, much the, it's the affecting NAACP? the economy. The, the, the warning to black people, uh, the dangers of being in Florida, except for all the black no, people that are already uh, here that are doing fine. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's more the white people who, you know, who, who are offended by everything. <laughs> um, and then you have a lot of people who are choosing to go to mm-hmm. Europe over going to Florida. Well, except for when, France, you know, the Netherlands. <laughs> Sorry, Marco. Marco's on the line now. Uh, Sweden, all the places that are being invaded by, by, uh, by Muslims as the, as the Crusades get reversed. <laughs> it's really sick. Well, I mean, I, honestly, though, I mean, my, my employee went to uh, Paris this spring or in mm-hmm. May. So mm-hmm. that's not entirely untrue that they're not going to France. Um, but, yeah, but for the most part, though, they're, they're choosing to go to Europe over mm-hmm. – uh, Florida, which tells me that the people who do have money are mm-hmm. are choosing to forego the Florida trip and actually do a dream trip to Europe, uh, well, which Europe's makes a lot more sense. Um, you know, I spent three months there when I was a kid, right out of college, and I yeah. went everywhere. I mean, I climbed the Eiffel Tower all 600 and some odd steps. You know, I did amazing things. I leaned out of the Leaning Tower of Pisa. I almost fell out, but that's, <laughs> it makes for a great story. I mean, I, w- I was on ferry boats that were, you know, listing in the Greek islands. You know, I, I crashed a, a moped on the way to a monastery on Santorini. I mean, I can't tell you all the crazy things I did. Europe was a blast. I'm just glad I saw it before it, it, it totally changed. But Americans have always gone to Europe, especially from the East Coast, because you know, a lot of Americans yeah. have European roots. So like the Irish Americans will go back to Ireland or Scottish to Scotland or things like that. Are you back to uh, Feculand in your area? <laughs> You know, exactly. Like yeah, you, you, you got to go get a picture from Fecky Lad, you know, wherever it is in Ireland. I plan oh, sure to. Come back, um, sure, and you come back to yeah, an Irishman. We'll call you O'Fecky. <laughs> William, uh, William probably O'Fecky. Within, within the next uh, three years, we are planning on making a tour through Ireland and Scotland and uh, England. Mm-hmm. Um, I just have to find the right time to do it because I definitely want to see a football game while I'm over there. Right. Um, so I have to go. Pub to pub. Yeah. Oh, I definitely have to watch, uh, experience the pub at watching a game and also uh-huh. live. So, yeah, yeah you got to experience both of those. My wife's not going to be too excited about the pub, but. Pubs you know, are great. I, she'll enjoy the game. 
I was at a pub um, somewhere in northern England, and the opposing soccer team, who lost, came into this pub to to create mayhem, the hooligans, you know, back when this was a big thing. Yep. And I, I met this British uh, Special Air Services, which is the equivalent of our Special Forces. And we're just chatting away. This guy had most of his teeth, but not really. <laughs> He'd lost them all in combat. <laughs> this is one of, the, one of the very few genuinely tough men I've ever met. I mean, this guy was, was just a rock-solid, brutal man. Uh, but it's fun to talk to, right? So I'm hearing all these stories and things, and, you know, and anyway, so so, so the, the hooligans come in and they start crashing and breaking things. And the guy looks at me, he says, Oh, I got to get in on this. This looks like fun. <laughs> so he jumps up on the table. He leaps across the room, takes out four guys, two, you know, two in each arm, right? Wrestles them to the ground and starts beating the crap out of them. And of course I'm, this is like a movie scene, right? So I get my jacket, you know, with all my Europe patches on it. Cause I've been traveling for a while. So I hold up my jacket to keep the glass from flying in my beer. So I'm drinking my beer with one hand. I'm watching the fight and I'm holding my jacket up with the other hand to shield me from all the flying glass and debris. <laughs> that was my adventure. That's just one night in Europe, but uh, I had so much fun. But it's it's a great place to go. And but it's, a lot of Europeans come to Florida though. So here's my question: a couple questions really. Uh, are are more Europeans still coming to Florida, or are and Americans that are going to Europe instead of Florida? Uh, that's one question. If you have any numbers on that, and the other one is: um, are Americans going to other? Uh, parks like uh, Bush Gardens or Universal Studios or some of the other attractions in Florida or anywhere around the country, Dolly World, um, some of the other, you know, Branson, Missouri, you know, the, the entertainment center of the world, uh, some of the other places they can go. Or is the Disney down or amusement parks or theme parks in general down? So there's a couple so of questions. So amusement, amusement parks in Florida are down, period. Bush Gardens okay. is down. Uh, yeah, Universal Studios is down. Um, and, you know, and personally, I think it's a combination of a couple of different things. Um, mm-hmm. one is it's been incredibly stupidly hot here. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We actually have had I mean, global warming wants, in Florida and then it rains. Yeah. So you get your choice. You either, you either I, baking I'm, I'm, or, or just like drowning. Yeah. You're baking or drowning. Exactly. That's your choice. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, so some people may be staying away because of that. But, uh, mm-hmm. but the second thing is we got to look at the millennials and Gen Z. Um, mm-hmm. They don't have a lot of money to begin with. Uh, millennials are now the largest uh, demographic in America. Um, huh. They grew up during the Obama. Yeah, they grew up during the Obama regime. And so they've never able to succeed because the economy's always sucked for them. Um, right. You know. You know, so they so they've been behind the eight ball the whole time, um, mm-hmm. and a lot of them have decided just not to have kids or wait till a little bit later to have kids. How so much they don't, later? Uh, so the yeah, so well, we're talking in mid thirties. Okay, well that's still doable, but so, like thirty five for women, well, you know. So either guys marry younger yeah. or start having kids younger, but yeah, women's kind of like thirty five no, no, yeah, so, so you don't. Yeah. So and, and so who goes to Disney? Who goes to Bush Garden? Well, Bush Garden is more. Oh, I see where you're going with this. Families. So yeah, that makes sense. The family, yeah, the families are down, so uh-huh. they're not going as often. Plus, Disney has just priced it out. I mean, the ticket I think is 150 dollars for one day. What? Um, so, yeah, it's like 150 dollars for ship. one day. I'm gonna go on a cruise ship for yeah. less than that, and everything's included. <laughs> Including the tour, well, the ride. You know, it, 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 yeah. it, well, and you say that, and cruise ships are booked out all the way through October already. Interesting. So, yeah, I so love cruise, cruise ships. ships are, and yeah. and you're seeing a lot more push. Ever since COVID, you've seen a lot bigger push towards national parks. 
Um, oh. Now, we were in Nashville over Fourth of July. Nashville was packed. I've never seen it that packed um, down How many on times have you been Broadway. There? Which, um, I've been there. Well, I used to go there a lot when I was wrestling on Saturday because uh, we used to right. wrestle in, uh, uh, on Nashville on Saturday nights. Okay. Um, so I've been, you know, and Nashville is going through a big boom right now where everyone's moving to Nashville. Uh, Nashville is the next big city that's going to uh, expand. So if you do want to buy land, uh, buy land somewhere around Nashville, yeah. uh, huh. now's the right time to do it. Um, well, the whole southeast yeah, is you know, exploding, big... right? You've got North, you've got North well, yeah. Carolina. I just saw a special with uh, Bob Livingston, um, who's totally, you know, overwhelming the, the, the Democrat governor, you know, and other states. I think Georgia's doing well. Florida, of course, is doing well. Um, I mean, we know mm-hmm. Texas, but that's not really southeast. That's kind of like south central. Um, but you've got a lot of states here, and Tennessee would, would make sense would be the next one. What are West Virginia booms? You know, that's going to be because that's a lot of rural land out there that, you know, there's, there's a lot of development that could go in there. But the southern states, um, I don't know what South Carolina is doing or some of the other places, but, uh, the, you know, southeast. South Carolina is moving. Um, which one? We, we, South Carolina is? South Carolina is doing really well. But, uh, so our okay. clinic, you know, uh, we have a pediatric clinic. So, patients, right. you know, we get new patients in from out of state. We, you know, we get medical record requests for patients who have left and gone to different states. Mm-hmm. The biggest states um, that we are sending medical records to, Pennsylvania and South Carolina. Huh. What am I, Pennsylvania? Who would want to move up there? It's cold. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I, mean, I, I understand well, why the – people the, go where the jobs are. You know, okay, so you've got a combination of a bunch of different things. Um, right. For one, just so, as a background – we are probably about 85% of all of our patients are Medicaid patients. Okay. Uh, so when the economy starts well, they don't turning, need jobs. Right. Well, well, no, no, they still work. Okay. okay. These, most, most Medicaid patients do work. Um, hmm. They just have like, they work at, you know, as a cleaner at a, at a hotel or they work at McDonald's, something like that, but they still get Medicaid benefits as far as medical goes. Yeah, now so they may not get welfare. Thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, so okay. So, so with, ahead, with that said, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with that said, you got a lot of people who just can't afford to live on their own anymore. So they have to go live with family. And mm. where do most of these families originate from? They originate from, you know, up north. So right. they end up heading back north to uh, mm. to go live with their family because they have a job that they can go ahead and re- really get a job anywhere because. You know, because of their you know job history, they could get a job just about anywhere because fast food mm-hmm. hotels are everywhere. Um, right. So, so that's not a problem. And then they're able to save expenses by living with family members. Um, but you know, but I, I have about ten minutes left before I have to go earn my money for today. So the last thing I do want to discuss, and that I teased last week, for the last three years, there's been a movement by employees called quiet quitting. Uh, now the employers are fighting back, and they have it's a new concept called quiet firing. For I'm those not familiar with either of these. I don't know okay, either of these well, terms. So, yeah, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, so quiet quitting has been building for quite some time, and basically what it is is employees who do the bare minimum work to not get fired. Well, that's most employees. Um, you know, <laughs> that's, especially millennials. <laughs> well, yeah, and that's why it's really coming up is because of the millennials. You know, they, oh. they push the envelope so far as to what they won't do that, right. but they don't 
go over that line to where they end up getting fired because they're just not useful. So now, now that everyone's starting to come back into office buildings and then companies are making it mandatory for everyone to start working inside offices again, which I'm kind of indifferent about overall. Um, but I, you know, I'll, I'll make a little sidetrack here in a second uh, with that. Mm-hmm. But uh, so we're seeing a big pushback from the employees who are quitting. Uh, now they are quitting at a lesser pace than they were this time last year, but they are quitting because yeah, they, they don't, don't want the, to go back the, to the welfare employment COVID money. So they have to work. Well, it, some of it's that, but you know, when we're, we're in the South, so we, we look at things differently than say like a New York, Chicago, which I'm from Chicago originally, uh, right. you know, a big city. So you had people that for years and years spent thousands of dollars, thousands of thousands of hours driving back and forth to work mm-hmm. uh, because it would take you know, like I lived seven miles away from the bank I worked at in Chicago. And it used to take me over 45 minutes. I know, uh, seven because, miles. It's crazy. Yeah, it is. It, it, so that's an hour and a half every day. And that's yep. not a, and that's on perfect weather. If it snowed, mm-hmm. it was about an hour to hour and a half to get home. So that's three hours on snowy days just uh-huh. in transportation to go 14 miles. Right. Uh, so plus eight hours people, of work. Plus, plus eight hours of work, yeah. An hour it, to get up, have breakfast, maybe an hour and a half, you know, plus another hour at the end to unwind. You're talking about 11, 12-hour day just for an eight-hour job. Correct. Right. So now during COVID, all these people got to work at home woke up a half hour before or 15 minutes before they're supposed to punch in. Um, You know, they have all this extra free time now. And so, Mm -hmm. and they really realized how, how much of their life was being wasted. And so that's why we've really heard a lot lately about the uh, work life balance is because people are starting to wake up to this uh, idea of, Hey, you know, I could still do the same amount of work and I don't have to waste half of my day just in doing nothing uh, in transport, just in transportation. Uh, mm-hmm. So we're seeing a, a, a little uh, change in the mentality here. But what has also happened is a lot of people realize that when you work at home <clears throat> and you don't have, you don't have to be in meetings and you don't have to, you know, talk to other employees, your work gets done a whole lot faster. They yeah, realize how about that? that meetings are a huge waste of time. Mm-hmm. Plus, I mean, everything was, well, I've been a long time advocate. This is why I started advocating the, the four hour workday, 10 hours, do four tens, you know, like 40 years ago, because I quickly realized that a workday, an eight hour day is really like a 12 hour day by the time you've done everything you have to do. And so why, yeah. once you're at work, it's not that hard to work that extra two hours. And if you get a full day off, if you get Friday through Sunday off, by the time Monday rolls around again for four days, hell, you don't care. Totally different. Yeah. Schedule, but yeah. So what? So let me just because yeah, so, I got the line. I want to get him a couple of minutes with you. But what exactly? So the so the quiet quitting is people refusing to work. What is the quiet firing? I don't think you really defined that. Okay, so correct. So the quiet firing. What that is is that the employee employers are starting to fight back now, realizing that they got a bunch of workers who are half assed, um, and they're starting to slowly take away their duties and allocating them out. Uh, oh. to find where that to find where that threshold is uh-huh. in order to get rid of the one employee. Um, huh. I have been. I, I was. I actually am guilty of doing that without even knowing I was quiet firing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had an employee okay. who was 
who was basically just useless. Anytime she was out, I felt like production actually was better and that we Mm -hmm. were able Mm. to get more accomplished when she was out. Um, And so I started allocating less and less to her to the point where I was able to finally get rid of her. Um, I've actually done that twice over the last year, and we've seen uh, little to no effect as far as uh, production goes and stuff like that. And but our bottom line, of course, uh, we've had a couple down. We've had a, a very down year this year, so our bottom line's still bad. But it could have been worse if we had that extra salary. Plus, not huh. to mention, it's it's just ba- it's just having a bad attitude around the office of someone who's not really putting forth an effort. Why just fire them? Is, is, why why don't yeah. you just fire them? Be, because it's so easy to get unemployment in this state. Now, granted, un- unemployment's very low. But it's very right. easy, and then it, it counts against me. And every time I fire oh, okay. someone, right? Uh, you know, my unemployment rate goes up that I have to pay towards. It. So I have to build up a strong case before I'm able to do that, uh, which yeah. I, you know, which I do, which I do, and I and I give people tons of tons of opportunities, including someone who went to jail. I allowed her to come back after she went to jail uh, and keep her job, um, and then she still quite quit on me so i turned around quite fired her and then turned around and actually fired her <laughs> not so quiet yeah one more thing before pianki gets on the line um is that so you're seeing a, a a fight right now and the employers of employers of course are going to win you know, employers always end up winning in in the long run um you know because eventually people need jobs and so they're going to have to sacrifice something uh, but what, the one thing I did want to say about coming back inside the office versus um, staying at home and doing this work from home stuff is mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time calling insurance companies, uh, you know, and dealing with customer service. Um, uh-huh. And a lot of them are working out of home. Since COVID, the amount of time that it takes uh, for someone to get on the line has almost tripled. Um, hmm. And it's – and and the uh, rate of response after I talk to someone about my problem to get it resolved has more than doubled. Uh, and a lot of that has to do with the fact of people are spending more time because they're more comfortable at home. So they're sitting at home, maybe on their couch with their laptop working, doing customer service, and they're more comfortable. So they're talking more casual than just business, business, business. And then the second thing is, um, is that when they ha- when they have a problem that they cannot resolve that requires additional assistance, person is not sitting next to them anymore to where they could just turn and say, hey, I got this problem, what's the answer? Instead, now they have to message someone and wait for that person to see the message and respond to them. So that makes sense. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's certain jobs yeah, every, that you can do. I do my job from home, but I also run the you know action radio, so it's easy for me. I don't have to you know consult with a bunch of other folks. Correct. I do with, with with all of my all your reporters out there. But uh, as far as the actual running of the thing, I mean, I can do it from home, and I do. I wouldn't want to yeah, go anywhere. But so, tro- so troubleshooting, <laughs> yeah. yeah, troubleshooting has really become a horrible customer service has been horrible since COVID because a lot of huh. this is work at home. And right. and I'm I'm and I'm on LinkedIn daily fighting these people who are fighting to, for the work at home, saying, hey, working at home is for certain jobs is just not working out because you know, you know the communication has just gotten so much worse. So yeah, so that so that's uh, 
the big thing that's going on in the workforce right now is quite quite quitting has been pushed to the side for quiet firing. So anyone out there who's been slowly trying to not get fired but not do their job, uh, you're probably going to get fired pretty soon. <laughs> Yaki, how are you? Hey, Pianki. He's not I know it, great. Oh, there you, you are. Get. Okay. A little, little delay in the action here. Yeah. Go ahead. we got about three minutes of bill. So I'll, I'll well, I know uh, <clears throat> you got people coming from Puerto Rico on that and uh, across the border. Get them here legal and replace these Americans who don't want to work with them. Well, this is an interesting question. Is it Americans don't want to work or they were paid enough not to work? And these illegals that are coming in especially uh, are able to work for a lower amount because in their own country, that's a, that they're getting a raise, whereas Americans need, because of the cost of living here, need a certain amount more money uh, to be able to, to do stuff. Looks like Bill actually had to leave. I mean, he really had to <clears throat> drop off faster. I'm surprised he didn't get a chance to say goodbye or plug his company or anything. But uh, that's the question. You know, when they say Americans don't want to do the job, is it they can't afford to do the job? or that Americans are inherently lazier than other people, which I don't believe, especially if you take away the unemployment and they have to work. Oh, he's back again. So let me see if you can answer that question. Pianki, why don't you answer, see what to think of that, then I'll get Bill right back. Pianki? I had, uh, I had workers that didn't want to come in on Saturday and Sunday at work. Right. And coming in on Sunday, you'd be making $80 an hour. So, yes, you got the people out there who don't want to do you know, me for whatever reason, I want to work. Okay, so I missed what you guys were talking about. I don't know how my phone dropped, but it dropped. Um, mm-hmm. But I heard the first part where you talked about uh, the illegals coming across the border to work. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. great in maybe a labor type of job. Uh, but when you're talking about here in Florida, you can't do that anymore without getting serious repercussions and possibly losing your company uh, with the new laws that are in place. Is that really happening? First. I mean, what kind of enforcement have you been um, told about? You know, what's, what's the governor okay, so, well, or the office saying? Okay, so, so far I have not heard of anyone, any company being shut down, but just the fear alone has moved a lot of illegals out of the state of Florida and oh, have, have moved to other states. Yeah, it, it is a good thing, um, except for now so you're talking about – uh, well, Hold on, hold on. Hold on I had an organization that changed their venue. I want to hear the rest of this. Oh, uh, let me get Bill Finish's comment real quick because I want to hear about this. Where are they going? What's happening? What's going on with the illegals? I'm going to get Pianchi's comment. Okay, okay. So you have illegals that move out that were doing, say, painting or um, framing or drywalling. They move out right. of the area, and so there's already a shortage of laborers in the market. Um, everything has taken so much longer to get accomplished now. I'm still waiting for a commercial door guy and a gutter guy to come out for the past year to give me a quote on my building to get new gutters and a new front door because uh, they are so far backed up and behind. Um, mm-hmm. Now you're taking more people out of the labor force so the people who are legal are staying, uh, but now the delay is going to be even longer. Uh, and know, what more I'm people will join the labor here, force. More legitimate people will join the labor force. You can't justify you know, stuff being done, quote, efficiently by illegal people. Because they can't be here, they can't even do the work. No, no, so that, I'm it's not an artificial suppression of wages. No, what I'm saying. Okay, so what right. I'm saying, what my first part was, is that illegals who cannot get, you know, maybe a job at a call center because because the company has to use E-Verify on their employees. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the, the legals are doing more labor intense work versus 
what I'm talking about as far as white-collar jobs. Illegals are not doing white-collar jobs for the most part. Maybe in California where they're allowed to get their law license without being mm-hmm. an American citizen. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, but, but for the most part, you know, there's a big difference between uh, blue-collar jobs and white-collar jobs. Right. And the white-collar jobs, you know, and everyone is shorthanded right now, but the uh, illegals that are coming over are not getting white-collar jobs. They're, getting, they're doing the blue-collar stuff. Well, they can't and that was my point when you are talking about replacing. Well, yeah, yeah. It, but what I'm saying is that they're not replacing people who don't want to work because the people who don't want to work is not only blue-collar, it's also white-collar. Okay. Let's get Pianki's comment before you have to go. Pianki? Yeah, I know of an organization that moved their annual convention from Florida to over to Georgia, Atlanta. <laughs> And one, they gave two reasons. One, they said that the accommodation that the hotel said they were short staffed and wouldn't be able to accommodate about 15,000 people. So that's what's going on. Your hotels are short staffed because of the e-verification. It, it, well, there's a lot to there's a lot to do with that. But yeah, uh, part of it is the e-verification. Uh, to where you cannot no, – because hotels are notorious for hiring illegals to do their housekeeping and stuff like that. Uh, so even the big hotels are like that. But you know, E-Verify started about, I think, five years ago here, four years ago here in uh, Florida, and it has tightened up tremendously, and you're seeing less and less um, bigger hotels actually hire illegals because of that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, and then you got the people who – for pride or whatever, just don't want to work at those type of jobs. Um, but in some well, if you make it a necessity, they will. I mean, that's the thing. You take away the uh, the incentive, mm-hmm. the COVID money, and everything else. And it's like you know, work or starve. Uh, people will work. <laughs> that's what always happens. That's why people get jobs when their unemployment is about to run out. That's when they get the job. But they don't get the job as long yep. as they're on unemployment because why bother, right? So you have to make unemployment as short as possible or you make it a like a savings account, you know, and you're drawing down. You get so much, and once you're done, you're done. That's it. You know, and you have to wait a certain well, you know, time and before the, you can Florida, do it again. Yeah. But, but Florida doesn't make it beneficial to go on unemployment. You get like 250 a week, I think, or something like that. So you're talking okay. $1,000 a month. So it's not mm-hmm. really beneficial to go on unemployment here in Florida, uh, right. where other states well, yes, it is. But Flo- yeah. yeah, it is a good thing because it, it, it gives you the incentive to work. But you know, you are finding out here that more people are living at home. Um, what we having a trouble with this summer uh, with our patients is a lot of them don't have cars, uh, uh-huh. so that you know they 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 got rid of their car because they couldn't afford the. Uh, repairs or they couldn't afford the insurance on it. Um, you know, more and more people are living together um, to be able to afford, you know, while there are on unemployment or whatever the case may be or on welfare, uh, they're mm-hmm. living together in order to survive. Um, but, you know, we're, we're, it, th- this summer has been, this summer reminds me of the very first summer under President Trump where the economy turned around and everyone started working and there's right. not as much people um, having free time. And that's what I'm seeing here is that a lot of our patients are canceling their appointments because um, they're working. And, you know, the parents are working and they can't get off of work to bring their kid in. And that's, you know, it's bad for me, but it's great for the economy overall that more people. Well, no, because again. people who aren't healthy are no benefit to the economy. Uh, but this, what this proves is that the effects of illegal Brandon uh, and the fact that the gelding GOP haven't removed this person 
you know, for, for being a, a traitor and stealing the election, um, the damage is so bad and so vast. You know, you, you think of it just as the economy and the price of gas and things like that. But time, time is a commodity. And the time that people don't have or the time that they're stuck commuting or the time that they, they could have used for, for, to help their kids out, you know, that's going to come back because those delayed medical things only come back worse later on oh, and yeah. become more expensive. You know, more, it's easier to treat something early. Listen, I had skin cancer, I know, and I had melanoma, and it was taken off real fast <laughs> as soon as we found it. Uh, and I was fine, you know, but had that developed yeah, into I mean, something much more serious, you know, I might not be here. You know, so yeah, I mean, early a, treatment. I have a great example. Ahead. I have a great uh-huh. example for that. Uh, we have one patient we end up having to discharge because uh, they end up being a liability to us. Um, the mom worked at Olive Garden, and she mm-hmm. worked full time, um, you know, but they lived in the hotel. And she was barely making ends meet, and right. the kid was overweight. Uh, the kid had extremely high blood pressure. I mean, uh, we're talking about a, a 16-year-old kid who weighed more than I did, uh, who does, you know, over 300 pounds, and wow. had outrageous blood pressure. Um, and that's because a single mom who was working her butt off could not get off of work because if she took one day off of work, you right. know, she can't pay her bills. And yeah. that's what inflation causes is people in, you know, turning into back to slavery almost. Uh, and that's what inflation does to people, turns them back into slaves for the workforce. Uh, but I do have to go over my dollar for today. So you guys have a good rest of the show and I will talk to you next week. Yeah. You can plug your business. If you well, want to. You feel free. We, everybody else does. <laughs> well, it's children's clinic in Pensacola. We're located in, uh, in uh, Pensacola off airport Boulevard, which doesn't really help anyone who's listening from out of this area uh oh, never get business from them oh, come on josie <laughs> uh, no, josie I, talks I, about root i don't need shops, people so to harass me <laughs> okay all right that's fine you know what that call from yeah, Azerbaijan? Because, we're, we're, well we're not <laughs> we're not a retail place we're, we're not a online business we are a primary care so unless you have kids and unless you're coming to you unless you live in pensacola you know it it, it which is a very small amount of your audience it's really well we're a local no show with a worldwide reach I, I like to keep it local yeah. because it's, it's that's that's part of the charm of this show that's why i get as many people with southern accents as i can because it's cool <laughs> anyway anyway lord fetke of, of right. fetke we'll land in ireland go ahead <laughs> see you bill <laughs> we'll talk to you next week bye. all right bye now so if you, if you missed that, uh, apparently Bill has royal blood, and he was talking about uh, that he is one of his you know ancestors was king of an area of Ireland. I said king of an area. <laughs> you listen to the earlier part of the show. I don't know if you caught it, but we were certainly having fun. Um, but um, this whole idea, and I'm going to talk to you about this. We got to, Wendy's off today, uh, so she'll be back next week. We got Bonnie talking to us at the top of the hour. But this idea that Americans don't want to do certain jobs, so we need to bring in illegals, is is pure BS. It's a total crock because Americans have always done all the jobs there are because at one point there only were Americans to do them. So the idea that Americans don't or won't do the jobs is absurd, uh, especially if you pay them not to do the jobs with excess COVID borrowed money, which is creating the inflation that's causing all the problems. So, so where did this, this idea come from that Americans won't do the jobs? So we have to bring in illegals to do the jobs. Is that's true. Just, that's, I don't believe it. Go ahead. Tell me. Won't or, or uh, won't or don't. don't believe it. You haven't been a- have you ever been an employer? Um, really, no. I mean, every, we're still volunteers here. I hope to change that one day, but uh, yeah. So tell me. He's laughing. Yeah, no, I, was laughing an, I was an employer, so I can tell you a lot of them don't want to do the job. 
then don't hire them or fire them. You know, where it comes them. from, that's a whole different discussion. But okay. it's true. People, All these people wouldn't be saying these things if there wasn't some truth to it. Well, if you see, but the whole idea, like I say, with the E-Verify, you know, and I'm hoping it gets, I was going to ask Bill how, how much is being enforced in Florida. But the idea that uh, illegals can, can take a job, that's, that totally destroys the market, keeps wages suppressed, has people doing illegal things that could be done by an American legally. Uh, you know, and they, the, the classic ones, you know, agriculture, roofers, construction people, things Australians like that. Australians don't want to do the job neither. <clears throat> Say that again? Australians don't want to do the job either. In Australia or here? Because you get Australian, Australian government, Australian companies came to, uh, was looking for skilled trades people, and they put on a hiring fair in uh, Texas. I think it was in Houston. Right. And you well, the, a lot of uh, skilled tradesmen because you don't have that. Uh, they didn't have those type of uh, resources in uh, in your country. They didn't have no trades people. Mm-hmm. Well, the economic way around that is with incentives, you know, the old carrot and stick, the basic economic philosophy, either punish people with a stick or you offer them a carrot, which is an incentive. And if you want more people in construction work, then you pay more people to do it. You know, you work with, uh, you know, you get the, the grants or tax reductions or something to the schools that offer those kind of programs. You, you make uh, apprenticeships, you know, tax-free or, or no income tax, or you do things like that. You use the economy, use incentives to create more people in the particular industries that need more people. But you don't hire illegals to do it because that's illegal. So the worst thing well, you can do is bring in people that, shouldn't, that can't be here. When you hire illegals, you got an employer that's doing it the wrong way. There's nothing wrong with a worker that come from abroad and come into the country the right way. That's perfectly fine. But okay. and really is no difference in what you gonna end up paying them. You that they just here illegal. You know, if a person is illegal and you're paying them less money, what are they mm-hmm. gonna do? They either go work or quit. But they still here legally. So e verification is okay. It's good. It tells you. Uh, it lets you know that this no, I like is in the country legally. Uh, let me just be, just be clear. I'm absolutely for E-Verify, but I also want to make sure it's enforced. Mm-hmm. In other words, if a company is hiring illegals, then the company needs to be seized, or they need to have massive fines. So you, a again, employer really don't have no yeah, – employer mm-hmm. should be doing E-Verification. He's not gonna, right. It's not going to hurt them because if you in the mindset that you're going to underpay people, you still going to underpay the person because that's the person. Well, the person here legally – are illegally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, an employer might get a short-term benefit of being of getting a job done by paying an, paying an illegal alien under the table, but overall the country's going to suffer. You know, ultimately it, it hurts all of us to do that. So E-Verify is a great thing. Like I say, I just want to make sure it's enforced and enforced equally. You know, and that uh, you know, big companies that make large donations to uh, political candidates don't a lot aren't allowed to have illegals, but some small you know, Joe's construction company that, you know, does a few housing projects, they get e-verified by the government, you know, and so it's got to be applied equally. But just the idea that Americans don't, won't do certain jobs, with, uh, that doesn't make sense to me. Yes, American. that's true. It does true. I knew of, of a school, and it probably uh-huh. more, that uh, was paying some of the teachers who were uh-huh. on, who was uh, on welfare or laid off and was uh-huh. paying them under, under the table. This was back in the 90s, 90, late 90s, mm-hmm. school in Detroit. Yeah, but uh, wait a minute. I'm, I'm still not clear. So so they were paying 
what they're paying teachers under the table. Who is being the paid teachers the on welfare of some sort? Right. But they was being paid under the table, so they wouldn't lose their welfare. Yeah, that's criminal. You can't do that. But on the other hand, um, I mean, we should, I mean, welfare should be a limited thing anyway. As you get off welfare and you get back to work, and you should never make as much on welfare. Welfare should be like unemployment. You shouldn't make as much on welfare uh, as you can make working. Same thing in, if you have an additional kids. You don't get additional payments because you had additional kids. Just like you don't go to your job and say, yeah, you know, we're, our fourth kid's coming. You know, give me a 25% raise. Well, that's BS. you got to produce 25%. That's what was, that's what was more going work. on uh, with right. the teachors. And it's so if it was happening at this school, it was happening, probably happening at other. Matter of fact, it was a charter school. Yeah. So uh, yeah. people do get into that mindset mm-hmm. of trying to get something for nothing. And I bet that same type of mindset was out there doing the riding, picketing, going in the stores. Once the doors and windows was broken out, taking stuff and mm-hmm. taking it home for for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, you do have that type of decrepit mindset in this country like even yeah. americans yeah but you know you've got you got people coming out of the military who are uh blue-collar workers carpenters mechanics you know electricians you know the military does everything everybody else does um, and so there's no reason these folks can't get those jobs they've already had the training and they would be probably the most desired you know you got a lot of uh, former mps that are police officers so there's ways to train people and continue professions that they started, for example, in the military or in the vocational schools or any other place. But the idea that we have to hire illegals to do it, that's the part I'm trying to get rid of because it makes no sense. It hurts the country, uh, brings in people that can't be here. Uh, and then once they're here, they do all kinds of other nasty things like uh, vote, drive, you know, buy properties, you know, take businesses. And, and then, of course, they're shipping a lot of money out. But that's not the real problem. The problem is that they're just here. And so what we really need to do is take all the incentives away for them to be here, make their lives so miserable that they start going back across the border. And that's what I was talking to Josie about yesterday. So she's looking into, you know, are there any people that found that this isn't, you know, the land that they thought that they can't steal everybody's income, especially if they're in a state like Florida, you know, where uh, we don't want them here, <laughs> you know, so maybe they are actually going back. Have you heard anything about that? I mean, how many illegals are actually saying, well, hey, you know what, Honduras wasn't so bad for me. You know, maybe I, I should go back. I think what we're doing is missing the, the point. The thing okay. is, is that you want people coming mm-hmm. from other countries to be in the country legally, no right. matter what they're doing. They could be sitting in the park on the dock of the bay fishing. Mm-hmm. They could be working, getting paid too much, or working and getting paid too little, as long mm-hmm. as they're legal. That's all that is asked, and yeah. we know who they are. Yeah. Now, so I, uh, all the evidence that needs a contingent is mm-hmm. a whole different issue. Uh, tr- commercial trades have their own apprenticeship program where they train their workers. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of things involved to get involved in that. Mm-hmm. And they usually pay top dollars. Then you got other trades that run parallel to them that don't pay quite as much, yet and still they do pay workers. Now, the only thing we want, like you said, is that you just want people to come into the country and be legal. It's simple. Yeah. And once we know who the legal folks are, then we can talk about how many work visas we should have or how many immigrants, legal immigrants we should have. Because I think both of those are going to have to be cut back, too, because we've got too many 
you know, you go to a website, Numbers USA, and our legal immigrants are, are too big also. So uh, that's something that needs to be addressed in, in the next administration. We've got about uh, 13 minutes before Bonnie gets here. And then uh, she and I are going to That's why we have such a drain on some of these uh, programs yeah. like Medicaid. Medicaid comes under those uh-huh. unfunded liabilities, which uh-huh. that uh, expense is looking to be over close to $170 trillion. Yeah, but legal illegals can't yep. can't tie into that. I mean, they do, of course, but they can't. I mean, they're not legally. Um, let me talk. I'm going to change the subject a little bit here. I'm kind of curious because something happened, and I find this all quite fascinating. Um, some dude, <laughs> some really ugly dude, who looks like Barney Fife's grandson. Uh, that would be Don Knotts. Uh, won the Miss Universe competition. Have you been following this on Facebook? Uh, the runner-up from Venezuela. I heard about it, Rick. Well, here's what gets interesting. The runner-up. Now, I did a little research on this because I, I posted a video. The runner-up, uh, I think Amanda Dudunem or something like that, whatever it is. It's on Facebook on my page, a few places, even the man page. <laughs> this woman is stunningly beautiful. I mean, she's the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. And the idea that these, these wacko, woke idiots pick some guy who looks like Barney Fife, <laughs> you know, over this, this absolute knockout. Uh, it's, it's just hysterical. And this is, this is how stupid the world is getting right now. We're living in this, you know, we used to live in the information age. Then we went to the disinformation age. Now we're living in the stupid age. <laughs> We've got the most idiotic things going on. But if you take a look at the runner-up, I'm trying to help, help publicize it. And people should share the picture of the runner-up uh, and the videos and things. Um, but what kind of, what kind of what, you know, why would anybody want to watch a pageant? I have a friend of mine, I'm trying to get her on the show, who's a you know, beauty pageant competitor and knows it and was a judge and all kinds of things. Anyway, but uh, what's going on with this world? It's so crazy that dude, you know, won the Miss Universe uh, pageant who's ugly as hell, purple hair, you know, Barney Fife lookalike, you know, as compared to the runner-up who's just unbelievable. I just find that fascinating as well as funny. Well, you have in America, you have these fringe groups with these outlying thoughts. Mm-hmm. Like they've done away with the beauty suit, the bathing suit content. You had some group that say, well, uh, women shouldn't be displaying themselves that way and coming up with all kinds of excuses. Then sooner or later they gave in and gave gave that away. So what you're seeing now is another compromise that has been made and you have what you have. You have a Barney Five lookalike winning a Miss Universe concept. Did you say Universe, Miss America? Well, Miss Universe is the the title. In fact, Marco just checked in because of the Netherlands, you know, dude won it. You know, he's a man. And, and, Mar- and Marco's talking about, uh, uh, says Miss Netherlands is a trans woman. And I'm saying there's no such thing as trans. Trans doesn't exist. There are people that have had elective surgery and drugs. Uh, they've lost body parts. They've, they've uh, been chemically altered. But they're still who they were. I mean, the chromosomes haven't changed. So the idea... If I mean a uh, chromosomal man, or just basically a man, win a beauty contest for women is laughable. I mean, it's so stupid on its face. Uh, nobody, you should never buy into this. So this is why I'm promoting the, the runner-up, because she's the one that should have won it. As far as I'm concerned, she did. Remember, it's like Riley Gaines, right? So Riley Gaines is the woman um, that has to compete against Will Thomas, the man, not a, not a trans woman, but a man um, in, in the swimming events. And, of course, he's like, you know, upper body strength, huge, lung capacity, huge. You know, although among men, he's ranked like 400 of college swimmers. But uh, when he competes against women, he does really well because he's a man. So we need to stop using words like trans and call them elective surgery. You know, you know. Uh-huh. That's, it gets back to 
this compromise. You know, years ago, there's organizations in New York and Boston that call the American Road Race Organization. And those are the ones that sponsor and provide the regulations in that for marathon runners, marathon races. Well, that was a practice that you had a lot of Ethiopians and Kenyans that were enrolling in these races and winning them. Then they mm-hmm. came up with a policy that the first and second and third place prizes can only go to Americans. So if you had a Kenyan at Kenya at, at the position one, two, and three, mm-hmm. and Americans at three, four, and five, well, that's where you would give your first, second, and third prizes was to the Americans. Well, see, that type of practice was just wrong. Now, if things have evolved into what you have now, more compromising, and now you got men mm-hmm. who are becoming contestants for Mrs. Universe contest. Like you say, it ain't no such thing as a trend. No, no. Let's we, we start saying that, say there is. And no one's saying it. Well, let's let's go to Marco in in uh, Netherlands. He's actually posted a couple of websites. But quite frankly, I've already posted. So you can go on YouTube and just put Amanda Dudenem. I think that's her name anyway, or just put runner-up Miss Venezuela. Uh, all these videos pop up. There's one that's like a seven-minute highlight of her in the Miss Universe competition. She's a fashion designer. She's incredible. And I think this woman's going to get amazing um, world, world fame and, and world publicity simply because she was cheated out of winning. And I'm, I've already done my part. You know, I'm posting her, and people should be sharing this. But this is the woman who needs to be promoted, not the dude. You know, we need to take these people, these, these men well, that are, are stealing – the contest. That, you know, that's why some Nigerian Americans and Ghanaian Americans, Ethiopian Americans, they have their own beauty contest. They don't get involved with those others. Because they actually have women in the women's competition? Yes, they have females with yeah. all the parts of a female. Yeah, you see, you notice it doesn't go the other way. You don't see a bunch of women um, who are elective surgery men, <laughs> you know, or trying to be. You know, uh, competing in in male sports. Men too. It's only the it's that's only the men who had, are cheating. Yeah. That's why you had your 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 president Obama, uh-huh. who was going and whose policies during his administration was to use uh, strong arm tactics in countries in Africa to try to get them to open up to homosexuality, like uh, the Uganda. Uh, President Muriel Museveni. They tried right. to pressure him into opening up his country to that. Now that you open it up, now all of a sudden you got what we're complaining about today that's going to be going on there. Yeah. Opening it up where 12-year-olds can have, 12-year-old females can get abortion without parental consent. Well, this is all part of the, the uh, I mean, the, the sexualizing of young folks and the, the it's, it's all taking away your identity. I think this is what's really going on here is that if they can take away your identity, if they can make kids think about sex and nothing else at a really young age, that takes away your identity because you haven't even formed your own personal identity yet. And you're already, you know, a sexual being at what, five, you know, or some horrible thing like that. Um, the same thing with uh, the trans thing. They're, they're saying there is no, no sex, um, that there is no male and female. Well, that takes away from your identity. So all this stuff is, is, is designed to take away your identity. And once you've been stripped, that's why same thing about removing God. God gives you an identity. You are a person. You are individual. Yeah. You are unique, unique in the image of God, and that makes you special. 
But if the state comes along and says there yeah, is no all God, that there is, it, it's all identity. But the problem, right. the right. problem is this. The United States and the policies of the administrations that's in office. In this particular uh-huh. case, it was Obama. And it was others before him that they have no damn business trying to interfere with the inner workings of a country. That's why come they're so popular with China. China would dare go into uh, Uganda and tell the administration, well, for us to come in and provide you with assistance, we want you to open up your country to homosexuality, where it's not a crime. Only America does that. And that causes problems all around the damn world. And then what you're doing, you are taking advantage of the the deplorable conditions that people are living under. In other words, you're waving a carrot in front of them. And the carrot is USAID and other things that they need in order to get on their feet. So that's totally wrong. Americans don't say nothing. So now it's coming to bite them. Well, let me point out something. I, I got Bonnie in the line here. Uh, there's something that I made a comment on yesterday. Now, um, the House had a hearing, and the hearing was on the origins of, uh, you know, COVID-19. And these government stooges were still coming out and saying, "Oh, it was. It occurred from an animal transfer. It was a pangolin. It was a bat." You know, it's like it's laughable at this point. And so I post on Facebook uh, the the interview I had with uh, Bill Gertz, and this is this is another Dr. Peter Pry. Um, thing for the show. This is why I really miss him. I miss him for a lot of reasons. One, because he was my friend. Two, because he was killed by the COVID shot, I absolutely believe. And three, because he brought us the most amazing guests. I mean, the people that he knew was incredible. Anyway, so Bill Gert, national security correspondent uh, for the Washington Times, came on our show February 25th of 2020. We're talking about you know, shortly after the China travel ban. COVID, we know about it, but really we, were, we didn't know that much about it. And I'm talking to him and we're talking about this being a potential bioweapon, a flu bug, not that serious, and a way just to market vaccines. And this is February 25th, and I hadn't heard the interview in a long time. Uh, but one of the things I brought up with him, and I'll bring Bonnie in the conversation, uh, is that I talked to him about how our, our State Department and how our foreign policy is always screwed up. And I pointed out that I grew up in three different countries. So I would learn, I had to as a survival skill, to see people in their country as they saw themselves. So in Canada was my first country, so I became Canadian, and I, I got a Canadian identity. Then I went to Australia with a Canadian identity, but I had to learn how Australians saw themselves so that I could have an Australian identity. And then I came to the United States. By this point, it's my third country. It's like, oh, Jesus, all right. But the ability to see Americans as they see themselves, and one of the things I learned very quickly is that in the United States, you grow up with the belief that all the rest of the world wants to be American, and it simply doesn't. I mean, American exceptionalism does exist, but it's not something that you can force on the rest of the world. British like being Brit- – and this is one of the points that Obama actually got right because he grew up in several countries too. And that is that uh, Greeks want to be Greek, Egyptians want to be Egyptian, you know, Nigerians want to be Nigerian, Canadians want to be Canadian, and they don't all want to be American even though there's a lot of respect for the founding principles that this country is based on. But he didn't see the same thing. And I said, look, I said, the problem is that all of our foreign policy people, they look at the rest of the world like they all want to be Americans. And that, that uh, this is, the, and they, they look at the world as if uh, everybody is American and, and wants the same thing. And they you don't see people as they see themselves. And this was the problem. This is where our foreign policy is. Your, foreign policy, your right. foreign policy is being influenced heavily by businesses because businesses won't be able to expand and make available right to other countries, the things that they do well here in the United States. That's what the foreign policy should be. If you did that, then those countries would not have to try 
to kick off, kickstart industries that make, for instance, Boeing 737, for instance, have to make uh, light rail trains like uh, South Korea does it very well. So that's what your foreign policy should be, not getting involved in countries, other businesses, and internal affairs and traditions like what I have seen and witnessed and others have complained about. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to hold you up there. It's a really good point. Uh, I just wish our foreign policy actually dealt with things that put America first and our foreign policy, you know, we, we don't get involved in the things we shouldn't get involved with, like NATO, and we do get involved in the things we should, you know, like trade and, and opening up markets and things like that. All right, let me, let me put you, well, I'm, I'm just, if you can mute yourself for a bit, then we'll, uh, I'll, I'll talk to you, I'm sure, later in the hour. But I got a new theme for Bonnie, and so we have the new Bond report. There she sits, behind the microphone, a mild-mannered radio talk show host, news and weather person. But that's only part of the story. She's really a secret agent. Meet Bonnie Nesbitt, or as we address her, Bond, Jane Bond. Jane Bond travels the world incognito, trying to ferret out the world's most interesting stories and talking to the world's most dangerous people. So join us now as we go into the secret world of our secret agent, Bonnie Nesbitt, with her secret report, available exclusively on Action Radio. And now, Bonnie Nesbitt, also known as Jane Bond, with The Bond Report on Action Radio. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Great. I like it. I like being a secret agent. Yeah, exactly. So that's how we're going to introduce you from now on. So I made that last night at like 11. (laughs) I was feeling inspired. Nice. Kind of how we do things around here. Yeah, so feel free. Reintroduce yourself now that uh, we know who you are. You know, Jane Bond. You're not James Bond. I made you Jane Bond because we we understand there are sex differences in this country. Yep. Her name is Bond. That's right. Jane Bond. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah. we got Pianca online, but uh, I want to talk to you for a little bit myself and uh, see what's going on. You've got uh, yeah. a bunch of stuff you want to present because you're an organized reporter. Yes. Which makes my job easier. Yes. I can just sit here and listen. Yeah, yeah. So go ahead. What you got? Tell me. What's been <laughs> happening this week? Oh, man. Well, there's been a lot happening, as you know. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. I was I was interested in the whole COVID topic since you've been on that. And mm-hmm. interestingly enough, my brother and I were talking, and we put kind of like two and two together he actually got the COVID vaccine in September of 2022. And oh, that I'm was sorry. only because oh, no. my brother, my brother, does. he, know, he only got it for one reason though. And that was to see his mom who was in like basically the hospital and, and a facility to take care of her. And they, they basically gave him the same ultimatum that they gave a lot of Americans. Like if you want to be able to see your family members, you got to get this shot. That's and illegal. obviously he that wasn't was going to so pass illegal. up the opportunity. No, no. There, oh, no, I know. I know. When just lie? Yeah, it oh, basically coerced card, into doing you know, it. Just, you know, just no. There's, there's no reason to get that. So, so he has to endanger mm-hmm. his life mm-hmm. to see his mother. That the, you know, that makes no right. sense at all. No, you should have. Uh, exactly. No, that, that's when you get a lawyer and say, look, you cannot deny me access to my family, um, especially for something know. that you know, an, an unproven experimental thing. Now, if he needs treatments for this, and there's, he should get uh, D-dimer, check his blood clots. Uh, he needs to, uh, there's some various products that reduce the effect of the spike proteins. There's all kinds of things you need to do to come back from this. 
And everybody who's had the shot, for whatever reason, needs to do that. There are recovery things out there. Um, you know, Dr. Judy well, Mikovits is a bunch I'm of definitely, stuff. Yep, the real definitely going to have to look Judy. into that because one of the yep. things that, as far as blood clots go, I don't know that that's been an issue, but I do know that I, I talked to him about mm-hmm. exactly what he experienced. And after he got the injection, his right arm swelled up, which is where he got the, the shot. It, it swelled up immediately, like mm-hmm. almost I think he said almost immediately that same day mm-hmm. and his mom advised yeah. him to take some Claritin and have the swelling go down, which he did. And it did go down. But interestingly enough, a couple of months later, he started in with neuropathy. So he's had mm-hmm. the, the numbness and the prickling and the tingling going on. It started in his feet, went to his hands, never really put two and two together until recently. And I started researching and seeing the links between COVID itself, as well as the vaccine. And now both of us have wheels turning like, oh, geez, is this what it is in regard to? Is it directly because of it? And I, I feel strongly that Absolutely. it is. So if there's no, any no, kind yeah. of research you have that can that can reverse that, then I am all ears on getting him reversed on the neuropathy link. Okay, write this down. The real TheRealDrJudy.com. That's Judy Mikovitz's website. Okay. So that's where you I love to go. Judy Mikovitz. Well, she's a regular on the show. She's been on a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. You know, in fact, we mm-hmm. had her on for 18 weeks in a row. Well, a couple of times she was traveling, but we used to have the world's greatest doctors panel. And so you can look that up last, from last year, too. Um, it was Thursdays okay. um, between the spring and the fall of, of 2022. And we had Judy. We had okay. Brian Artis. We had uh, Ben Marble for a while until he got a little crazy. Uh, Jim Thorpe was on most of the time. And we had special guests, Christian Northrup. We had uh, um, oh, a couple of folks, Angie Farella. Uh, Molly James. These are all doctors. I'm just you know, calling them familiar because I know them. Uh, special guest, Peter Co- Pierre Corey was on. Um, and then later I had McCullough. I had, I've had Malone on the show. I've had all these people on the show. Um, so we were pretty well versed. Right. But, you, you know, if you go back to our early show, I was just talking about the Bill Gertz show. So Bill Gertz was on mm-hmm. uh, yeah. February 25th of 2020. We're already talking about bioweapons and that the vaccine is nothing but a marketing ploy. We were so far ahead yeah. of everybody else. Uh, of course, that's why yeah. I was immediately banned. You know, and the problem with us right. was we got banned right. before we were famous because I had been, you know, fired yeah. a year previously from a radio station when new owners said, you can't do action radio. I said, well, yeah, I can. Yeah. It's my contract. This is the only reason I came here from exactly. California to Florida to do action yeah. radio. And they said, no. And yeah. I said, okay. Well, uh, what are you going to do? I said, well, I'm going to fire you. Okay, fine. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> you know, I just, uh-huh. I just set up shop. Bye, Felicia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, but you should sue that. Your brother should sue that uh, that healthcare facility for forcing because they're the ones that caused it by requiring him to get that jab. They're responsible, so he should go there right. and hit him up and say, "Look, you guys are going to want a hell of a lot of medical bills for forcing me to take something against my will, just you know, extortion, just to see uh, you know, mom." Yeah. Uh, but this is what people need to start doing. Yeah. Um, the other place you need to go is uh, deathbyhospitalprotocol.com and some of the other sites. Okay. Um, are you, are you in our, and it's a private group, but uh, are you in our uh, vaccine, Action Radio Vaccine Project? I don't think so. I think I'm in some others, but not that one. Okay. So you may have to invite me. I, I'm going to right now. Well, I yes. So. yes, please. I don't want to put too much memory on my computer, so I'll put you in that. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's the key. Now, one of the groups we used to have, one of our best groups, um, was the one that mm-hmm. uh, Facebook took down. It was the Dr. Zelenko Action Radio Coronavirus Clearinghouse. We actually had Dr. Zelenko. Yep. For about not quite a year, but this was about early mid 2020. I set up this uh, Facebook group, and we we're the ones that broke the star in mm-hmm. ivermectin months before I read about it in the news. You know, in fact, I remember yeah. when it came out, and I said, "What's this ivermectin stuff?" I said, "Are you sure?" I, I thought hydroxychloroquine. I thought that was the drug, 
And so I talked to Zinko and I said, nope, that's good stuff too. He's like, okay. So we were already talking yeah. about it. And of course, that's what, that's what got us banned was hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, and Dr. Selenko. But that right. was the most useful. So when anybody talks about, do you have any direct evidence of censorship? Yeah, they disabled the most powerful group we had, you know, with the best information. Yeah. So, uh, so I've known about exactly. it. Exactly. So make a long story short, uh, I've, I've been following this story. Actually, I've been making this story um, since uh, February of 2020. Okay. Well, so I mean, you. you were on top of it, then it's the forefront. <laughs> Oh, yeah, on the forefront. That's why you've never heard of Action Radio until we, uh, until Wendy brought you in, because we are so censored. In fact, if you post yes. shows, you, you can make any post you want if you're you know, popular and, and you have like, friends and things like that. And then you make an Action Radio sure. post. Post our show, and you'll get like two. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe three people will notice yeah. it. But you, you, no, it's very what true. Have you seen? I tried that. Yeah. I, I've posted several of the episodes that I've been on, and, and yeah, very few people are able to see them. And like mm-hmm. you said, it's because of that censorship. So mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. The social censorship banning. is yeah. absolutely yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. They don't, they don't restrict my account openly. They don't actually, cause I, I take screenshots. Mm-hmm. I've got about 50 screenshots of all the times I've been restricted and all the different groups that uh, we have. So they don't do that anymore. Cause you know, the, 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 <laughs> it comes back. I don't know if it comes back at them or not, but I'm going to use that hopefully in a lawsuit against them. Um, but, uh, yeah. but the shadow ban. So in other words, they don't tell people you can't see it and you don't know what's not there. You don't know what you haven't seen. And so, so that's right. how they do it. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll break through. Well, hey, I got a big yeah, tech bill. We'll get there. Yeah, share a big tech bill. The big tech you bill. Know, oh yeah, we we have a. <laughs> let me get you caught up on it. That's the sensor <laughs> one that you were talking about. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So the the two most important bills mm-hmm. actually we got three. The two most important bills are vaccine product liability and our big tech bill, and they're all available for those who don't know on writeyourlaws.com. And so it's w r i t e y o u r l a w s writeyourlaws.com. Click on legislation. Click down three to all proposed laws, and that's where you'll find our bills that are being submitted to government and media. So the big tech bill very simply takes Section 230 and removes the second part that gives them permission to censor, you know, in good faith um, of anything they find, quote, objectionable. And what it does is it says that the first section is the same. Big tech is immune from anything anybody posts. There is no liability for anything anybody posts on social media, anything they do with search chain results anything in their accounts or messages. They're not liable for that. And then I said, because they're not liable for that, they can't touch anybody posts. They can touch anything messages. They can't touch uh, anything. They can't touch the search engine results beyond the raw number of hits. They can't touch anything. If they do, they lose their immunity and they can be sued. And that, in essence, is the entire bill. That's it? Yes, that's brilliant. Thank you. And it needs to be done. Definitely needs to be done. (laughs) but, 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 But can you talk about it on your show? That's the question. Well, on, on my show, I don't know that I can. I mean, my, my other show is, is kind of um, Ooh, limited talk, talking point-wise. Well, I, if, if you're talking oh, about you're talking this about, one, yeah. yes. I thought you were talking to my other, uh, my Saturday stint. Yes, your Saturday show, yes, which, where you're not a secret agent. You're actually a real person. Here, you're Jane <laughs> right. Bond, secret agent. Do, 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 yes. do, 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 do. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can you do it on, your, on, on that That's show? Right. That's the question. Can you, as a news item, uh, I recently came upon citizen legislation, which uh, will uh, stop big tech from censoring people and present it as a news item. Mm-hmm. Ooh, wouldn't that be interesting? That would be. Why don't you have that me as a be. guest on your show? <laughs> that way we can, I can say anything I want. <laughs> that, would be, that would be a fun time, too. I definitely oh, am getting my, my feet yeah. wet. 
So yeah, it is. Well, it, tell me, tell it, me, if you've got Saturdays you available, I'll have to see. Yeah, I do. Tell me, tell me where you are in your radio experience. Well, just this past Saturday, I actually sat at the board command center and ran the entire four hours for the first time. Yeah, there were a couple of hiccups as I get adjusted, but I was able mm-hmm. to do it all for the first time. And I was encouraged by my trainer saying that I had done a pretty good job. And in fact, mm. I had exceeded the expectations that he had. So I am oh on board for this next Saturday to pretty much be again on my own. And, and he's actually training somebody on the side while I'm doing this. So it's it's kind of been interesting. But we have actually a huge thing coming up in our county. Elkhart mm-hmm. County has one of the largest county fairs, 4-H fairs, and it, it annually gets between 100,000 and 200,000 visitors. It's, it's massive. And they wow. actually have three-hour blocks that are going to be done right at the fairgrounds with the equipment there of interviewing back-to-back one-hour slots of area businesses and marketing people. And I was asked to run the board there for whatever time I can and somewhat nervous to do so since I'm still getting my toes dipped in the water at this, but we'll see how that goes. I may have an experience to talk to some local business people and I can ask their experience on censorship and how they've been silenced when it comes to viewing their own expressions. Yeah, send them our bill. <laughs> That'd be the best thing. To yeah. Get out there. That's what send we need. Yeah, we need, net, we need millions of people to send this to Congress and media. Um, <laughs> so are you learning, is this part of the station where you learn, the, for those who don't know, the production board, yeah. uh, it's got numbers and dials and meters and it tells, you know, the DBs you're putting out and the signal and all that kind of stuff. So do you learn the board and yeah. then get your own show in case you have to produce it yourself or they just consider that just good training so you know how the producers do their job? What's the logic of this? I... Well, I believe essentially I'll be in charge of producing the, the thing myself. So I was brought on basically learning the first part of it is keeping the music in sync because it is multiple stations and all of the stations need to be playing the same oh. song at the same time, but they have, but they have different ads. So it's You're keeping the ads lined up in time slots, but You're having the songs match up and then going, I'm sorry, what was you that? You're a talk show host. You're a DJ? Well, no. It's a DJ. No. It's more of a DJ, but I can make the show anything I want it to be. So when I do, do have my talking songs? points, I'm on four times an hour. Um, <laughs> you... I don't know that I can play political songs just yet. That's... <laughs> we'll have to see how that goes. I can definitely play them with you because, as I said, uh, my brother and I created about five different songs, and I still need to yeah. get you a link for some of those because I, I think you'd well, love them. We'll play them right on the air. I don't mind. Yeah, that's... I, I need to get them in MP3 format to you. Maybe I can do yes. that for next week. We've got yeah, some great There's ones. no copyright violation. But, you made them, so that's okay. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And they were all written and sung and produced by us. So they are 100% our creation. But when it comes to the radio side of it, yeah, I'm running, I'm running two stations, and I'm on four times an hour for about three minutes, three to four minutes at a time. And I'll be able to talk about what I want as long as it's in the parameters of the music station's guidelines. You know, I, I can't go too far off the rails and – and talk about um, criticizing certain people or offending certain people. So I'm drawn in a little bit inside of a box to to um, stay somewhat politically correct. So your creative outlet to be absolutely open is fantastic because I can express my opinion openly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we all do. And that's what it's that's all about. That's the point of this thing here. This the is real the deal. speech zone. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Uh, three minutes. I mean, so you can't go, and today's news is this, and here's our latest hit from uh, 21 Pilots. And by the way, Brandon stole the election, and now the latest. <laughs> so you, you can't do that? I mean, I could. I could slip that in there and say, hey, by the way, uh, millions of Americans are depressed today because of the price of meat going up to $62 a pound. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. Brandon. 
And now yep. for the newest song, bye. <laughs> exactly. And the winner of yeah. Miss Universe is actually a dude who looks like Barney Fife's grandson. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes, I saw that. I saw that post yesterday. And uh, the runner-up was actually female, where the winner was male. And that is a sad, sad turn of events. Well, that's what we've done here. Now, of course, you know me. Um, I saw the picture of this absolutely mm-hmm. gorgeous knockout, right, the, the, the runner-up. And, of course, I had to mm-hmm. investigate. So who's this? So I, so I, I posted a video, uh, the, the, like the highlights of the Miss Universe competition. This woman is stunning. I mean, she is absolutely gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And either the judges are blind. Yeah. They, they probably went to the, 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 the local home for the blind and, and said, well, this is diversity. Right. Right? We're going to have blind judges for the Miss Universe pageant. Who else would vote for the dude? <laughs> you know, but the idea of, a, right. a, I mean, it has the world, I mean, as a woman, you know, obviously you can't speak about anything else, but as a woman, if I can be so right. journalistic, this, yeah. how do you feel about some dude winning the Miss Universe pageant? It's disgusting. It, I mean, it's right up there with a, a male swimmer blowing all of the records out of all female time. It, it is uh-huh. absolutely wrong on every single level. You, I mean, you might as well just start having cows run or pigs because it's, <laughs> it's the same thing. Let's, let's just cross over the species mark and make Miss Universe become a whatever mammal, you know, Miss Kangaroo you know, of the year. It, it's There's ridiculous. some humor potential. There's some real humor potential in that. Yeah. I mean, you could, you, yeah, you could do sure. a, a skit, be like Saturday Night Live skit. And now Arnold the Pig from Green Acres has won the Miss Universe pageant. Oh, <laughs> well, no, no. Back... Mr. Ed, the talking horse, Mr. definitely Mr. takes yeah, the Mr. cake Ed. on that. Mr. Ed's now trans. So Mr. Ed is now a trans horse <laughs> yeah. and has won yes, the Miss he Universe. Is, he is trans. Well, over. <laughs> I told you. I, I think no. he, he, he would have now. a good chance, I think. And then we can start doing cross babies. Like we can cross the lines of species and we can say like a zebra can mate with a monkey. And then we mm. will have, you know, some kind of weird cross animal swinging through the trees that's black and white striped. I, I mean, yeah, be careful why the not? Monkey, though, if they want the, to be. Uh, yeah, but the radical leftist, you know, black American advocates get after you if you use the word monkey, you know, so you got to be careful of that. <laughs> Oh, what, what are we supposed to use? And instead of the word monkey, what should we come up with? Swinging primate? <laughs> Probably. That's a good point. Yeah, simian, you know, ape, um, whatever, not, you know, you know, you know, pre-human primate and, you know, uh, homo sure. pre-sapien or something. I don't know. I'm just making this stuff up here. I, I sense a yeah. lawsuit coming with the, hey, hey, we're the monkeys. Oh, no, that needs to be canceled. <laughs> We're no longer allowed to call them I the monkeys. I never thought about that. Well, it's okay. They're all white guys. Yeah. They're, they're not calling black people monkeys. <laughs> so that's okay. Um, <laughs> but but this is, but why don't women sue? You know, uh, say, look, this this guy, this is a dude. You know, I mean, where, yeah. why isn't there a class yeah. action lawsuit? Isn't there international law? I mean, I just thought of this just now. This is something that might be worth exploring for next week. But where, what kind mm-hmm. of international lawyer would take on this case of a woman's beauty pageant you know, having a guy win it, which is patently absurd. It's so funny. It, it, you know, nobody would believe this. If you said 20 years ago, hey, guess what? Men are going to be women are going to be winning uh, women's beauty pageants. You know, you'd be laughed out of town. Right. People would look at you like you're some kind of well, insane of person. It's, it's the same concept as when we had a Supreme Court justice sworn in who could not define what a woman was. Well, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a biologist. So I Why cannot say what a woman is. So where were the geldings? Where were the GOP geldings to say, well, if you can't tell what a woman is, then you can't make obviously complex legal arguments in your head. So you're, you're, you're disqualified. Leave. Go home right now. Leave. Yeah. Just stand up and walk exactly. away. That's what I would have said. I mean, that's what yeah. I was screaming at the TV, but. 
<laughs> they obviously did not have the gumption to stand up and do that. Well, yeah. Well, first of all, as a black woman, you're going to be called a racist and a sexist, uh, especially the white guys. Of course. You know, but the first thing yeah. they very clearly was, if you can't tell the difference between a woman and a man, you have no business, you know, looking at the Supreme, uh, looking at the Constitution and, and uh, saying what that means. You know, or not, well, that's probably a bad right. way because I want to get them into interpretation. But how can you use the Constitution mm-hmm. in complex legal arguments if you don't even know what a woman is? I mean, that's that's basic. I agree. You know, three-year-old. It is basic. Can tell male from female. <laughs> you know, because yeah. Yes. Yes, <sighs> they absolutely one. can. I mean, mm-hmm. our children were never confused about what they were. So, you know, it's well, no, that's it's the question. Basic. So this is mm-hmm. the question I'm going to. And I was talking to Pianchi about this a little bit earlier. Is this not all about stripping identity? So that nobody has an identity, Absolutely. so the state can give you a new identity based on your Marxist, you know, cog in the wheel where you're supposed to be. So there is no, yes. there is no male or female. Therefore, you know, we don't use trans anymore in the show. And I used to, well, except when I talk about rhinos uh, as transgender Democrats, which is funny. That one I use, <laughs> right, you know. Right. But but other than that, I don't. We never use trans. What I call, I say, is uh, uh, elective cosmetic surgery and drugs. That's what you are. You basically gone mm-hmm. through elective surgery. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you haven't trans anything. Yeah. You basically neutered, or no, you the, my new term is trans-neutered. Yeah. So you basically neutered yourself because you're not what you were, mm-hmm. uh, and you're not what you think you're you – know, you, you'll never get to what you think you wanted to be because it can't happen. That's impossible. That's medical malpractice right, right there. Right. Um, but it, but okay, so here, that, that, begs, tra- that begs the question, though, Greg. That begs the Go question. Ahead. If you mm-hmm. were a male that went mm-hmm. through the process of becoming a female and at some point got into an accident where you could not talk, like, let's say your license is gone. They, they can't identify you as he, she, they, or whatever it cake you want to be. So you can't speak on your own behalf. But if they take a blood sample, you cannot tell me that in that blood sample, your DNA is not going to come back that you're male. Mm-hmm. Of course it will. No Any matter DNA what too, you do, thing... it's still going to be male. Right. Well, here's yes. the, well, which begs another question. Ancestry DNA. What if a trans person takes yes. a, or a so-called trans person takes a, a 23andMe or Ancestry.com? What does it come back as? Does it come back as a trans? No, of course Ooh. not. Can you of call? Can you call twenty-three uh, me or Ancestry.com before next week and ask them how many people have, how many people they've come they certified as trans on their genetic tests? That is an interesting question. I can certainly try and like put some feelers out there. I don't know if I have okay. a number to call, but I could definitely email. Or just look them up online, and I could see. Call, call the, the poor customer yeah, service right. person is going to go what? You want to know what? Yeah. <laughs> just to scare them. <laughs> you know, or, or just put that, Can put you that imagine question the pending there. lawsuit scare that they would have? Oh, no. Oh. We don't have any trans. We're, we're too anti-diverse. We only have male and female in our DNA. <gasps> this is terrible. But we can shut them down. Second. This, this, is, this is one way yeah. to sort of defeat the whole trans argument, you know, or as I call it, trans mm-hmm. neutered. So you only, all you've done is trans, trans into a neutered state because you're not male or female anymore in terms of, of your humanity and your parts and your, and your chemical makeup. You know, the drugs and surgery right. have destroyed who you, who you were, and you've, you've gone to some mm-hmm. middle point. One of these people are committing suicide and violent acts. They're furious. Yes. The, oh, know, oh definitely. Border, either borderline or they push them into an insane position because once they realize that they didn't get to where they wanted to be, they can't go back to who they were. They're in this permanent limbo right. as they know it is over. And now they're yes. supposed to be happy? Yes, it is. I don't think so. Right. No, hmm. there's obviously deep mental health problems there from the absolute get-go. And once again, they're masking it over, just like we talked about, uh, I think it was last week, when, or actually two weeks ago, when Wendy was talking about addictive things. 
um, the core of the problem is just masked by this, let's take hormones, let's try and neuter ourselves, let's, let's try and make you the female that you think you want to be. And then you go through the process and all of a sudden you are and you're still unhappy. And now not only are you unhappy, but you have parts that aren't even functioning properly. Because I don't care what you do, you're not going to neuter yourself and become a female and have any kind of physical um, satisfaction, shall we say. So there's nothing that you can do that will change who you are DNA structure-wise. You mm-hmm. still have the same mental issue. Now you just have a mental issue, an added physical problem that's probably racked up thousands of dollars of medical bills in the process. Yeah, it seems like the, only, the logical extension or the illogical extension of antidepressants, when people have suddenly decided that they, uh, mm-hmm. they don't want antidepressants anymore because they don't work. I mean, we've, we've known that for a while now. Right. Uh, I always suspected they didn't work because you can't mask over that kind of stuff. And I've been depressed. I know what it's like. You know, I, I describe it as walking neck deep in molasses. And if anybody who's been depressed, they know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, but it's, it's a curative thing. You go through it so that you never have to go through it again. And so you can do great things like action radio. Uh, Action Radio is a post-depression, fearless condition that I'm in where I can do things I could have never done before had I not dealt with the things that I had to deal with. So there's a good reason for depression. But the thing is, if you're you're, um, on the drugs, on the antidepressants, um, which I I took one pill and I I got so sick, I said, I'm I'm not even going to try this. I didn't want to do it anyway, but I figured, eh, this is before I realized most doctors were, anyway, that's another story. Point being, that uh, if you're the pharmaceutical, if you're big pharma and you want to keep people on, you know, drugs forever and you've, they're already mm-hmm. on the flu shots, they're already taking COVID shots, they're already doing things to destroy themselves. All the kids are getting, you know, vaccines so they get autism allergies and, and the early deaths. Um, but you want to you right. know, keep the adult market going. Where do you go after antidepressants to keep people buying big pharma products? Well, transition drugs that don't of do course. as they promised. So the antidepressant drugs don't cure depression. The transition drugs don't transition. So, so people right. are paying billions, probably trillions of dollars worldwide for things that, that don't do things at all that they're supposed to. And yet people are hooked on them. You're right. Here. Yeah. Well, all yeah, right. and the pharmaceutical companies knew that from the absolute beginning, and they were, all, they were only ever in it to make that bottom dollar. It's the same thing with pain medicine when you're getting into the heavy narcotics and opioids that they want people to stay addicted to. It's that same mentality. We would rather just keep you in a drugged state and making the money that we can off of them, then actually fix the problem, then actually do the surgery or actually get you the help that you need. No, we'll just keep you medicated. That's the philosophy of every pharmaceutical company. Yep. So I just put a thing in my search engine. Has anyone at 23andMe, uh, and uh, actually wrote, correct, 23andMe, uh, or Ancestry.com come back as trans? <laughs> this is for the fun of it. You know the answer is going to be no. <laughs> well, they're not even uh, they're not even dressing it. No, oh no, it's not a. Oh category. wait a minute, wait a minute. Here's one. Here's one. Customer care twenty three andme dot com. I'm transgender. Will this impact my DNA test experience? Oh, let me look this one up. This should be interesting. Oh, that sounds like a great way to phrase it. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So here, this is twenty three andme website. I'm transgender. Will this impact mm-hmm. my DNA test kit experience? Then it says, my official voice, we recognize that individuals have different comfort levels when sharing personal information with 23andMe users and have designed our service to give customers control over how much information customers share. In other words, they're not going to tell you. <laughs> yes. While you're, yes. while you're gen- oh, it gets better. We're not done yet. This is while your genetic sex is never shared directly with individuals with whom you may be shared or in the DNA 
uh, relatives feature, there are some sex-specific reports that could allow others to infer your genetic sex. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> In other words, there's people that can find out if you are truly male or female based on the DNA test that you submitted. But um, we, will make, we will make sure they remain silent. They will not speak unless you want them to speak. Maybe they can shut them down with their censorship on 23andMe's website and keep the gender a secret. Who knows? But obviously, you're going to come back with male or female in that DNA test. If they don't want to disclose whether you're male or female, they don't have to. And I don't know if it's blatantly put out there. I think the name is there. I know on myself when I did 23andMe, it uh-huh. shows the name of any relative, but it doesn't specify M or F for male or female. It just simply it, has their name and the area where they are, like, living or where they did not give? How can they not specify your sex? I mean, that's part of that's, – that's the first thing your DNA tests is your chromosome. Right. Well, I – I think it comes back on your profile. I think it does. I think it comes back as female. I'd have to look at mine. It's been so long since I looked. But I'm saying okay. it's not blatantly put out there. When you look at the map of your relatives, it's not broadcast that you are male or female. It simply puts your name and the area where you live. And then if you want to know more about that person, I believe you can click on them and see how they're related to you. So it will say, like, third cousin on your maternal side based on your mother's history or on your paternal side for your dad. Yeah. Well, see, and this is where it gets interesting yeah. because they can tell, you know, if they can say you're 10% Scottish, 5% Mongolian, you know, 3% mm-hmm. South African and, and 1% Native American, <laughs> and they can't tell whether you're male or female, that just doesn't, <laughs> that's just ridiculous. No, they, yeah, well, they do. They clearly do know, but it would be absolutely hysterical if they put a disclosure in there saying 0.0001% trans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's no way to know that, but if, if they needed to broadcast <laughs> that publicly to say, listen, for my own sensitivity purposes, I need you to put that on there, please. Mm-hmm. I am trans. So <laughs> mm-hmm. it would be one well, of those this, interesting this, things. We're, we're going to keep this in the back of our minds whenever a trans person calls, which I hope they do. Uh, and I've had trans folks on the show. Uh, and as far as I'm concerned, it's still elective surgery, which is fine. If, the, if you're an adult, consenting adult, you get the facts, you get the good story, you get the, the, all the information. Mm-hmm. You know, you've done the process. You know, you've dressed as as, uh, as uh, the opposite sex, you want to live that way, that's fine. But you're not changing your sex. You can't do it. Right. But it would be right. fascinating. But here's one of those things you can do. Is, okay, if you're really trans, uh, take a, um, you know, go to, go to 23andMe or Ancestry.com and see what they, uh, test your DNA, see what they come back. <laughs> we, I wonder if we should mm-hmm. mandate they put, the, they put it on what, uh, what sex people are. But I guarantee you, if you talk to those folks, they have never and will never put, the, in fact, they probably anticipated this years ago because, you know, corporations have lawyers and they probably yeah. looked into this. I never thought about that. That's fascinating, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That, it yeah. is. So yeah. are you ready to go down on a, a rabbit hole, a complete topic that has nothing to do with us? Um, I, I think I live for it. <laughs> All right. Good. Because I came across an article that absolutely made me laugh out loud. Okay. And I don't know if you've kept up with it or not. But Let's find John out. Kerry. Remember good old John Kerry? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I actually he met claimed him the, he claimed years ago. You, you actually what? I met him. He came to the University of Massachusetts when him? he was a lowly politician, and he was spouting complete BS, and that's when I knew he was a fraud. And this is back in the 80s when I was still in college. Okay. So some aspiring political apparatchik Democrat, you know, communist jerk managed to get hold of John Kerry, mm-hmm. and he spoke to about 50 of us uh, in student government. And I listened to this guy for like two minutes, and I said, first of all, I could always see the plastic surgery on his face. Uh, this is back in the 80s, uh-huh. <laughs> you know. So you know what it is now? It's like, he, right. oh, God, he's like a zombie. Uh, but I said, this guy's full of, you know what? This is complete BS. Mm-hmm. 
And this is this is before you started mm-hmm. hopping on the on the bogus climate change bandwagon. So please tell me about John yes. Hines Carey, who married you know the Hines yes. fortune, the Hines heiress. Yes, no, it, mm-hmm. it's it's so true Ketcher. that he is such a fraud. Came out publicly claiming that the problem with the war in Ukraine is that it's contributing to the release of greenhouse gases, causing climate change. And what, you know, he'll make like anything about climate change. Yes. As a, the Russians, this is the Russians, they're farting on the battlefield. That's what's causing the problem. Ukrainians, they're <laughs> farting too. There's too much farting on it. There's too much methane being released by the soldiers in the battle, contributing to global warming. Yes. I'm sorry. <laughs> and he's, he's going to get on the bandwagon of saying, and his, his quote was literally, when you have bombs going off and you have damage mm. to septic tanks or to power mm. sensors, etc., you have an enormous release of greenhouse gas, of methane, you know, all the family of greenhouse gases. And the result is it's adding to the problem. So we're going to just ignore <laughs> the fact that there's people dying. It's, it's okay. Right. You know, let, let them die. We are more concerned about the greenhouse gases that are being emitted by destroying power plants because that is just uncalled for and it's, it's destroying the world. And that does being he, said, this, does he support the war? Though I'm just it, curious. I, I don't. I don't know that he supports the war. I think he came out and said, "This is by no means me saying that you know the war shouldn't be. However, we should be deeply concerned because of the greenhouse gases that are going to go into the environment and continue to contribute to climate change." So well, wait a minute. As I'm digesting, so uh, yes. Yeah. Wouldn't he be an advocate for stopping the war because the tanks are, are burning gasoline, yes. the airplanes are burning gasoline, you know, all the artillery vehicles, anything that's that move, anything with an engine is, is burning organic mm-hmm. fuels, or as he would call them, fossil fuels. Although we all know that oil right. doesn't come from fossils. We saw Jurassic Park. I, there's no oil coming out of those bones, okay? Those are fossils. <laughs> um, but right. the oil actually comes right. from organic uh, compounds. That's what makes oil. And so the idea that right. uh, if they really – that what they sh- we should be advocating for, this is what we know he's full of it, is they should be advocating for an end of the war right. so that the engines are shut down so they're not, they're not driving, you know, uh, global warming tanks. Yes. <laughs> See, that was my war. point. When I read ah. this, the main thing that I went to is, isn't that exactly what he wants? If you are hmm. destroying a power center, for example, mm-hmm. that's a power center that was using carbon and leaving its carbon footprint, and it was producing all kinds of greenhouse gases for all of the – thousands or hundreds of thousands of people that the power plant was providing for. So by bombing it and putting it out of commission for a year, are we not improving the world? I mean, we're literally removing all of the terrible things that that power plant was producing by giving people power. Never mind that they're going to freeze to death in the winter. I mean, they can, they can deal with that, right? We don't mm-hmm. care about that. We, we mm-hmm. are more concerned about the fact that the power plant has been shut down and now we are – we're basically in the in the plus side now. We've gone the right way. We've reversed course. We are we are turning the world around. Like this, that should be an advocate for continuing the war. <laughs> yeah, right I mean, the, the more people that are killed, the the fewer people that are around to, uh, you know, to burn oil. I mean, isn't that a good thing? <laughs> exactly. That's what I was. Okay. That's what I was thinking. So, in in that same line, at, in, in thinking uh-huh. this through, I came up with a top five. Top mm. five reasons that the war in Ukraine is bad for the environment. So I'm going to rely on you to, to call out my numbers for me, Greg. Hang on, hang on. We've got to, we've got to do a drum roll, please. Let me see if I yep. can find my, uh, my thing here. I found I could actually play partial. Uh, th- well, let me play the whole thing. And now, okay. Bonnie Nesbitt's top five. 
Yes. Yes, a new feature on Action Radio during the Bond Report is Bonnie Nesbitt's Top 5, where she takes totally absurd topics and gives a number to each absurdity as we go down the list. So now presenting Action Radio's special feature, the one and only Bonnie Nesbitt, otherwise known as Jane Bond, with her Top 5. <laughs> And now, Jane Bond. That's right. <laughs> I like Check it. Check out the podcast. We'll see how that sounds. Yeah. All right. So anyway, do tell. All right. So. Number five. Drum roll. I, I get the Number drum, five. Just, wait, you want to hear the drum roll again? All right, fine. Here you go. Okay. And now, <laughs> the top five. <laughs> you see, there you go. Number five. That was very good. <laughs> Thank you. Number five, best, wheat. Wheat is more scarce. And my gluten-loving environment is becoming more expensive to maintain. And that is my environment. If my Mm. family can't have fresh, baked, gluten-rich bread daily, then honestly, we'd rather breathe straight up greenhouse gas. Give me something to a tailpipe on that. Like, I'm I'm good to go because I need my gluten. Gotcha. So we need more gluten, more wheat. Yeah, keep the wheat crop going. Yes. Well, I mean, are the wheat fields where the war is right. taking place? I mean, are they, you know, we used to do hedgerows in Europe. You, are, they, are they going between the wheat rows? Well, Ukraine, Ukraine was huge in wheat production. And so when the, oh, yeah. so when the war first started, you know, the, okay. everything was scarce. And you've seen the price of flour go up. We all have. No, I don't bake. I don't eat bread either. Actually, well, I don't eat carbs. So I haven't seen the price. I don't care about the price of flour. Sorry. I'm, just, I'm not there with you. <laughs> I wish I could. I wish you were my sole sister of, of gluten, but you're not. So, you know. Well, it's my environment, doggone it, and it's affecting me. Yeah. Hey, listen, we could play, you know, America the Beautiful with amber waves of grain. That's wheat, folks, in case you're yes, wondering. Yes, we could. That's right. Mm. Okay. Yes, that's right. Okay. And so. wait, let's have a, hang on. Let's have a patriotic moment. No, I actually have a recording of this. Oh, let's do it. Uh, let's, uh, let me see if I can find it here real quickly. Oh, here we go. And now let's talk about America the Beautiful. And those amber waves of grain, the wheat production, the gluten, the nutrition, the fact that you can't get this from the Ukraine anymore because they don't have amber waves of grain. They don't have waves of anything except waves of soldiers, which is bad for the environment. The carbon footprint. I've never actually seen a carbon footprint. I wouldn't know where to look for one. But no one's out there somewhere. So let's keep our amber waves of grain waving. Let's keep our gluten. Let's keep our food. Let's not worry about cow farts or all the other things the environmental wackos are talking about. Because this is America, goddammit. We're going to make this the greatest country in the world again. And don't forget, Trump 2024. Vote early, vote often, just like the Democrats. A totally improvised production. I cried a little. (laughs) Thank you. Bless you. (sighs) Yeah. I can't do this with anybody else. You know, you, you're like the perfect yeah. person to do all this absurdity with. I'm really, I'm really <laughs> going to enjoy our hours. It's, it's, this is going to be fun. Anyway, so number four. Oh, I, you yes. only got 20 minutes left. Number four. But you can stay the next hour. I don't yes, care. all right. Yeah, all right. Go all ahead. right. Number four. Well, obviously, number four, all that lead and bullets is going into the ground. It's going to cause three-headed babies down the line, which oh, no, will eventually poisoning. lead to three times the vodka consumption. And we all know the oh. economy is not strong enough to handle that. Wow. So wait a minute. How does lead and vodka yeah. relate? Tell me about that. Uh, well, the, the lead in the bullets from all of the bullets that are being fired, because I'm sure that there's some lead in there, especially if they're being mm-hmm. made in China in any way, shape, or form. 
right. going into the ground every time they fire. So, you know, that's going into the groundwater and filtrating into everything in the Ukraine that's, you know, that are drinking and making and utilizing and fertilizing the crops. Mm. So lead poisoning is going to lead somewhere down the line to deformities and probably eventually three-headed babies and, you know, anything else strange that will happen. Maybe three-headed cows, too. Maybe that will be three times the milk production. Time to get the lead out. But I'm thinking, yeah, yeah, the three-headed babies, I mean, if that happens, then you're going to have three mouths drinking three three times as much of the vodka that they would normally drink. And I don't know that they can keep up with that production, especially if the war keeps going. Yeah, because yeah, because yeah. you can't drink the water, so you got to drink the vodka. Well, vodka's actually got water. Exactly. In it. I mean, you know, so it's a uh, this is a problem. Unless you're trying to get safe from the potatoes. The water, only drink the so, vodka. The vodka is what you need. So you're telling me we need to stop war in Ukraine because there's too much lead in the ground, and we need to we need to. How about copper jackets on bullets and artillery shells? Would that make difference, or do you think this is not enough? We need to. The lead is is too much lead. I think it's too much lead. If we look at everything that happened in the 1960s and 60s in the great downfall mm-hmm. of America, where people were obviously licking doorknobs and paint, and that is why there are all these warnings now in America that you should not have lead in your house. It's obviously too much of a problem. Americans need to drink more vodka. Everybody <laughs> needs more vodka. Sounds good to me. I should do the show on vodka. I, maybe I should do the show drunk one day. I wonder how that would sound. So we'll, we'll actually schedule it. Because I'm at home. I don't have to drive anywhere. I wonder how I'd sound drunk That's if true. I actually did, did a show drunk. That would be freaking hysterical. hysterical. So, right, so St. Patrick's Day, remind <laughs> me. Next St. Patrick's Day, we're, we're going to have like three go. doors before yeah. the show. We're going to, and even if it's if whatever day, you just come on, St. Pa- whatever St. Patrick's Day is, you got to come on the show. We'll all be drunk. Okay. That could be okay. hysterical. But, but think <laughs> actually... We're, so we're the environmental wacko saying you can't fight this war because the bullets have lead in them. That's actually that's actually brilliant. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, 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 I totally agree. Like that so should be a Sierra huge Club. point. So that's why it's so number four. Sierra, no, seriously, call the Sierra Club and pretend you're like a real environmental wacko and ask them, say, uh-huh. can, you, can you guys come out against the war because there's too much lead in the bullets in the artillery shells? It's putting too much lead in the ground <laughs> in Ukraine. I mean, if, grow if they were firing, no, if they were firing baby puppies, if they were firing baby puppies, PETA would have been on their butts a long time ago. They would have been like, "No, save the puppies!" And Sarah McLaughlin would have been crying. Even you can save a puppy by donating your time to PETA and finding homes for all of the abused animals that have been fired out of guns. So, Wait, you know, are you talking about PETA same. pet puppy projectile? <laughs> Is bad. No. I'm just using that as the example, obviously. I mean, even no, animals yeah, have advocates for them. No yeah, PETA pet. I think so. No PETA pet projectiles. <laughs> I'd be fully on board. <laughs> and now we take the standards of action radio as low as we possibly can. We're now shooting puppies against the Russians. That's right. <laughs> That's right. We're that's, now shooting puppies because it's... That's just, you know, go ahead. Mm. No, I was going to say, it could work. It could work. And there would be all kinds of people in an uproar about let's stop the war because we can't have puppies being projectiled. That's just wrong. <laughs> how, do you, how do we get started on this anyway? Where, where do we get puppy projectiles from? <laughs> how do we make that transition? I mean, it was only because we were talking about advocates for lead going into the ground. Where are they 
all these people that should be standing up against the lead because we all know you cannot move into a home or an apartment or anywhere without the lead disclosures. Lead. Exactly. So it's a huge thing. So we just so transition from puppies? that to, you know, the comparison of PETA. Shoot, shoot I'm just puppies saying. from PETA pet puppy projectiles to prevent pollution? To prevent. <laughs> Come on, no. roll here. Okay. Number three. <laughs> Number three. All yeah. the loud explosions, bangs, and booms from the bombs are scaring the livestock, causing them mm. to fart three times more, which leads to uh. excess methane. Oh, no. I mean, think about it. Think about it. They're, they're frightened Explosive to death. Farts. And they're just putting out that. all of this extra methane. Yes. It's so Explosive true. Farts. Where mm. is the outcry? Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. And the rockets red glare, the bombs outcry. bursting in air, the farts that occur yeah. as they go up and stare. <laughs> I'm sorry, this is this is this is a serious situation. It, it so, is so it so is. noise I mean, pollution. So in other words, the fourth of July we should ban fireworks because it makes cows fart more. Is that what you're telling me now? Yes. That that's that's kind of <laughs> what I'm putting the two and two together. Yes, the livestock are mm. frightened by all of the loud booms, which is adding to greenhouse gases. So you know, we can limit it to a window. But we have mm-hmm. to be very careful. Maybe the livestock need to be taken inside for that, that narrow window of time when the fireworks are shot off. But aside from that, that would just – it would calm my neighborhood down since people around here like to do fireworks for like three weeks yeah. before and after the 4th of July. Well, what if we just ban pets entirely? I mean, that would cut down on, on the pet food consumption. That would, we wouldn't be producing wouldn't, – wouldn't need the organic fuel to, to get the pet food there, the, you know, transport them. And, uh, yeah, we could save a ton of we – could, we could make the environment a better place by simply eliminating pets. We could. Yeah. I mean, the, I, I think there might, be, there might be public outcry on that, though, because, you know, you people think? do love their pets. Yeah, I yeah, think but, so. But they, I think if but we, they cause pollution. They think of all the pet poop. They do. There's a lot of pet poop out there that has to go somewhere. There is, but you know, how come it's always the cows? Why is it always the cows that are blamed for the methane? Because you know all animals fart. Like, this is just across-the-board animal behavior. And there's no way that we are going to discriminate and just say it's the cows. It's all the cows' fault. Like, they, they need an advocate. I feel bad for the cows. They are out there with their signs saying, eat more chicken so that people will go to Chick-fil-A. And they're just doing their job, man. They're just they're putting milk out there. They're doing the best they can, and they get blamed for everything. It's just not fair. They need an You're advocate. Right. I, I will become the cow advocate if I need to. Sounds good. How about moose farts? Yeah. I mean, I just, I'm, <laughs> and they're big. You know, I mean, and and, and elephants. Jesus, El- and elephants are bigger than cows. Hey, Rocky, watch me pull a rabbit <laughs> out of my head. Rustle my seed. Presto. <laughs> That's a great so, Bullwinkle and Rocky. I'm telling you what, that takes me back to a kid. Oh, that trick never works. This time for sure. We <laughs> do Dudley more too. Now, now, my horse now. Too Dudley. Sorry. Voices are a hobby. So, <laughs> does Africa have a greater greenhouse gas problem because their animals are larger? I think they probably should, but they don't mm. have the same factories, so they can't double up, you know? We're talking about right. industrialized nations. They have mm-hmm. that already pollution going for them. Africa has a lot of jungle and a lot of desert. And a, well, I don't know about jungle, but they have so a lot of desert a and they have a lot of. If open we were, stuff. if the environmentalists were really recycling everything, they would actually capture cow farts and run your gas stoves on them because it's still methane, right? Bingo. Bingo. Well, it's not necessarily the same gas. It's natural gas, which is LP. I think there probably is methane in that. But they, why not make use of it? 
every cow could go around with some kind of a balloon tied to its rear end and capture that gas. And then we could somehow make use of it. I mean, this our landfill really... here, okay. it produces methane from all the decomposition of all of the trash. They literally mm. have torches that are lit 24 hours a day, and it is pure methane. So why not? If you can get any kind of energy off of trash decomposing, you can certainly find a way to capture the methane gas from the cows and put it to use. So instead yeah, of kicking uh, the cows uh, off the land, let's double or triple the amount of cows. You don't have to feed the trash. You don't milk the trash. I mean, the cows can do their thing, and we can just mine the mine the landfills. So they actually have torches on landfills that are that are lit and they're powered by the methane that, that, that's yes. given off by the landfill. Yes. I want a picture. There are literal pipes pipes through the landfill that you can drive by. You can see the massive blue torch burning 24 hours a day. It's actually right across the street from the incarceration facility, which I think is appropriate. You know, they if anybody needs to smell trash, it's the inmates. So Why don't they just send the, the that, methane directly to the, the stoves in the prison? Let them run off, uh, you know, cow poop gas. I have a feeling they do make use of some of it for part of the actual gas usage of the facility. I'm pretty certain they do. I think it was designed that way. But there's still I want excess. pictures. There is still I want excess. pictures of this. I will have you to know. drive by and take pictures. I, it, it, I will do that. I will drive by and take pictures, and you will see. Okay. Yeah. Marco just sent me a website. Right here so in El Parque. You know this one too. Go ahead, Bianchi. You know what's going to happen? Yeah, they do have to take that gas off those trash humps. It's not you have a hell of an explosion. Well, it's <laughs> going to take one good volcano eruption. It's going to turn this whole climate thing on its head. Just wait and see. Mm-hmm. Well, have you heard about, uh, I think it's the uh, the great... Uh, Yosemite overthrust belt. There's like a ton of natural gas, you know, under Yosemite and, and like m- like most of the country. Uh, and they're threatening uh, like a major earthquake and a gas explosion, a bunch of other things that may happen. I, I've forgotten the exact details just to know. Have you looked into that at all? I mean, there's some, there's some, some potential. It would be failed clean out the Kansas, they predict. So you know what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. right? The, 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 is, is it a natural gas explosion or what kind of explosion are they yeah, thinking of? Or volcanic? I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I haven't looked it up for a while. You know, the, the things about this, you, you are, we are living on an angry earth, really. And yeah. there's nothing you can do about it. It's right. nothing that can be done. You have eruptions in, at the seabed, the ocean beds, and that sulfuric gas bubbles up to the surface of the water and it's expelled into the atmosphere. So this whole thing about climate change, a bunch of malarkey, there's nothing that can be done. Just let it but here's a good Look question. at the Montana Hellas. Look at the ash yeah. that it put in the atmosphere and the broad spread across the, the globe uh, mm-hmm. that uh, it does. No, you're absolutely right. And this is something that my question is not that uh, obviously these things, you know, happen. The earth, we're living on an earth with weird things. I was in the blizzard of 78, the earthquake in San Francisco in 70, uh, in 89, and Hurricane Sally here in uh, 20. Or 21. I think it was 21. You know, so I've been around natural disasters. I know my place in the universe, and it's not very powerful. Um, but once you, you realize that, but, but the real absurdity, and this question actually for both of you, is the idea that these wackos think they can legislate um, climate change, that they can legislate mm-hmm. out of that they that they're so powerful and they're they're so godlike, which of course is, is probably part of the problem. That they think that they can change our behavior, their behavior, or regulate the earth to the extent that if they pass the right laws, then the climate won't change. Now, what kind of is like arrogance and insanity at the same time? Arrogance to think they can do it, and insanity to think that, that, that they believe it. 
once that one. Don't you well, think that that's do. exactly the same as social censorship? It's the same concept. If they can legislate okay. what we say against the freedom of speech enough that all of a sudden, magically, people will start saying everything they want them to say and no longer speak against them, it's the exact same concept. That makes sense. I never thought about it. That's a good yeah. point. Yankee? This thing is about monetizing the whole idea of climate change. Soon some companies will come out with climate change sunglasses, climate change <laughs> cap, but climate we need change diapers. We, we need to have... <laughs> I can uh, get on board with the diaper. <laughs> no, we need, we need carbon-absorbing T-shirts that we, we can sell. Oh, there you go. So if we have a carbon-absorbing T-shirt, uh, and you can tell it's done when it goes from white to black because all the carbon's been infused, right? So when your shirt turns black, so we need to have a chemical that after about a year <laughs> or maybe six months uh, turns a white shirt black so that then we can say, well, look, it's now carbon infused like charcoal, right? Charcoal's carbon. You know, and we can say, okay, it's time mm-hmm. to buy a new one. So people need to buy you know, new you know, Action Radio you know, carbon removing T-shirts. <laughs> it's, like, it's like wearing a, a carbon filter on your body. Oh, this could be hysterical. I was just about to say that. I was just about to say you could wear a pendant on a chain and it's a carbon removing filter. So it yep. removes all of the carbon in your personal space, your personal bubble. I need to make a commercial on that. So Action Radio. Yes. Carbon removing T-shirts. I've got so many things I need to do. Carbon removing. <laughs> Biagi, what do you think? <laughs> think we could market this? Nope, he's there. He gets busy sometimes and does stuff. Big well, yeah, you can market anything because Barnard and Bell is saying there's a sucker born every minute. Yeah, so, right. so anybody who's anybody who's going to steal my idea, don't listen to this show, okay? Because we're going to actually do this, maybe. So you know, but this is where we this is where we that, explore ideas that no one else thought of. You got two more. That literally ties into my number two, Greg, which I haven't oh. gotten to yet. But it literally is going to give you another idea. Okay, wait a minute. Let me give you another drum roll. I wonder if I can do this every time. This is kind of fun. Hang on, let me scroll down again. Uh, and now number two. Number two. Go ahead. <laughs> Drone repellent aerosol spray is the number one seller and definitely not helping the environment. So you know all oh, those no. pesky drones that are flying around. Yeah, we need to drone come up repellent? with some new drone repellent. Drone repellent aerosol spray is not helping the environment, and it seems to be the number one seller in Ukraine right now for some reason. <laughs> drone repellent? Yes. <laughs> There's all the drones flying around, and people are going around having to buy aerosol spray. Stay away. You know, like off. Is, is that like, uh, like off? Yeah, like mosquito repellent, drone repellent. Yes. And now yes. Action Radio and drone because repellent. It's an... Yes, that's what I'm telling you. It's another invention that you need to go with. Huh. Well, it's definitely bad. The drones are definitely bad for the environment. I mean, they're contributing. Oh, by the way, where would I find a carbon footprint if I wanted to look for one? <laughs> I don't have a clue. <laughs> It's a fictitious concept of your carbon footprint. You could research, like, how much is my carbon footprint leaving, and it's just a number based on your power usage. But where would you find one? You wouldn't. I think it's we should ask. We should ask the environmentalists. How can we, we, need, we need a good environmentalist to come on the show, a good liberal, socialist, Marxist environmentalist that we can talk to. Where would I find a carbon footprint? Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I can find a Bigfoot footprint, you know, because that's how they found it was Bigfoot, because of a footprint. We got dinosaur. And what footprint. size is it? Can you can you find big. it in a Foot Locker? Well, it's actually can you find big. it at Payless? The, mm. Well, actually, we could do Bigfoot shoes. You know, they could have a Bigfoot shoe Good. place. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Right. Number one. Okay. <laughs> Number one. 
drum roll. Oh, sorry. I'm slipping. And now the number one, the number one reason the Ukraine roar is bad for the environment. And now, Bonnie Nesbitt. Number one, I just don't get it. Everybody's so concerned about gases causing climate change, but it's Vladimir who's doing all the Putin. He's doing all the Putin? Did you say it was Putin? Doing all the Putin. There's too much Putin, Putin. out there? There's too much Putin. It's Vladimir doing all the Putin. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, the, South <laughs> soldiers, the soldiers are Putin. You know, the Ukrainians are Putin. Everybody's Putin out there. Stop Putin. Everybody's Putin. You hear me? Stop Putin. Stop Putin. That's right. Oh, my God. Thank well, you. <laughs> I agree. That's good to me. Well, here's a question for you. If the environmentalists yeah. are really worried about excess carbon and carbon dioxide, then why are we having illegal aliens in our country? Well, because obviously they don't leave carbon footprints. I mean, they, they don't, don't even need COVID vaccines. No, no. They, oh. they are like ghosts. They come into our country. They mm-hmm. are 100 um, percent able to use all of our resources without any responsibility being tied to them. And we welcome them with open arms simply to get them into the ballot box for one day every four years. And then magically, we might pretend to chase them down and get them out of our country, but we welcome them back and we tear down our wall and say, here, take a piece of this commemorative Trump wall. I'll sign it for you and put it up on an auction and the highest bidder can take home a piece of the wall because we welcome you with open arms, but you don't leave a carbon footprint. No, you're welcome to come into our country and do what you want. But if we get rid of all the illegal alien feet that are leaving footprints, we can, get, we can reduce our carbon footprints by getting their footprints back in their country. But theirs don't count. They're, they were never here. They're ghosts. Oh. They were never here, Greg. Huh. They're invisible. They don't yeah, exist. Like on the freeway, They're like Bigfoot. Or your kids are going to school with them or you know, you're trying to get a job <laughs> in construction. <laughs> The ghost looks very real to me. Well, actually, what I want to do is yes, I'm trying I to find someone to work with locally here I'm, uh, uh, that I can go to a construction site with, and uh, they'll be you know, doing the, the photo camera work, which I, I find it easier not to do it at the same time. I just want to go up to a, a construction site, like a housing, because we have so many houses being built around here, and just scream out, anybody here right. American? <laughs> just to see what happens. <laughs> Are there any American <laughs> citizens working on this house? And get it on camera, live, <laughs> Facebook Live. That's my goal. Oh, you should oh do God. that. I should. Okay. You could you could do the same thing at a landscaping company too, or agriculture. Anybody picking vegetables or fruits that those seem to be the big three: construction, landscaping, agriculture. Yeah, sounds good. Food processing, you know, any of that kind of stuff. Food processing. Uh, Marco's, Marco right. from the Netherlands has a video: How to identify if your cow has crazy cow disease? I, I thought it was mad cow disease, but anyway, mad cow. Jacob. Mad cow. What's that? Mad cow. Not angry different yeah we're talking crazy crazy cows mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. interesting so ukraine yeah. so the ukraine war is bad for the environment that way it should be shut down so where's the where's the climate control folks where where, where are they all you know why are they put in permitting such a, a vast expense of uh you know fossil fuel vehicles in this crazy war you would think i'm sure that, that they're they not consistency mm-hmm mm-hmm I, but I'm, I'm sure that they're not in support of it. I mean, they're the ones flying the Ukraine flags in their yard, no doubt. <laughs> All for you. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you what. It's, <laughs> um, it's 8.59 now. Can you stick around for a while? I want to take a little break here. You got time? Sure. Or you have to go. Okay. I'll, I'll, give you right. a, I'll give you a little longer. 
Well, that sounds good. All right, so I'm going to play a couple things. I have a new communication thing, and I got uh, a person who just popped up on my phone. I want to do a quick call screen with them, too. So it is now 8.59, and for picking our new caller, we're going to just be free for all. And so I've got some questions. Uh, speaking of which, uh, the wall. Uh, apparently, Brandon is repairing Trump's wall, actually closing up the gaps in it. So, they're, they're, so he's quietly adopting, adopting Trump policies. You know, while pretending to be a you know, Marxist socialist and be different. Okay. First thing I'll play is our new communications thing, so I don't have to say where the communications are anymore. Uh, I have this. Here is your Action Radio contact and website information. The call in line is 215-383-3832. Our show site is blogtalkradio.com slash citizenaction. Same link, live and a podcast. Please share all our shows. We have live chat at the bottom of the broadcast page available worldwide. Sign in to your free account and type away. We have an internet Skype line where you can call the show worldwide also. Please see the broadcast page for our Skype name. Call in during the show to get approved. Our bill writing site is writeyourlaws.com. W-R-I-T-E-Y-O-U-R-L-A-W-S, writeyourlaws.com. This is where anyone can write a bill and start the process of it becoming law. My paid and free subscription column is at gregpenglis.substack.com. Please consider a paid subscription of $5 per month or greater. For contributions to Action Radio, please go to givesendgo.com slash actionradio. We have over 20 Action Radio Facebook groups. Use the Facebook search window by putting in Action Radio to find our groups. My public email is greg at writeyourlaws.com. Please contact me about advertising on Action Radio and helping our mission of freedom. Thank you for listening. Greg Penglis here for my book, The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction. Everyone at some point in their life wants to learn how to fly. Few try. Even fewer go on to get a license. I believe a major reason for that is how we teach people how to fly. My book is designed to help you navigate the flight training system, but it's so much more than that. It really describes an entirely new way to teach flying. So if you've never tried a lesson or got discouraged in your training and quit for any reason, this book can help you. Don't be a rope pilot who just follows procedures. Be a thinking pilot who makes great decisions, who understands all the reasons why we do what we do. You can incorporate these principles into your own flight training at any time. The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction is featured on the Action Radio with Greg Pankless Facebook page and is available from Amazon.com. Well, that sounds good. Even better. Okay, how about your car? If you want the best service for your vehicle, please talk to James at Florida Stores Automotive, conveniently located at 6715 Caroline Street in the historic district of Milton, Florida, right between the Milton Bakery and the Blackwater Trail. Whether you need an oil change or an entire engine replaced, this is the place. The phone number is 850-623-6651. That's 850-623-6651. Call, ask questions, and get 
the information you need. Florida Stores Automotive is a full-service automotive shop for both domestic and imports, modern and classic. It is a family-owned business here in our Milton community. Open weekdays from 7.30 to 5 p.m., Florida Stores Automotive is a convenient place to keep your car maintained and on the road. Ask them about Firestone Tires and the rotation and maintenance plan. Florida Stores Automotive. I go there. You should, too. Action Radio. Part of the ADHD Radio Network. The ultimate free speech zone. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed and have the power through juries to nullify the laws by which we do not consent to be governed. At Action Radio, we don't report the news. We are the news. Every other show reports what has happened. We talk about what can happen. From the questions no one has thought to ask, to the answers no one has thought to consider, to the actions no one has dared to take. That is Action Radio. All right, we're all back. I'm live, Pianchi's live, Bonnie's live, and uh, this is free-for-all. So we've got the rest of the show to do pretty much whatever we want. Uh, Marco's with us uh, online, um, live chat in the Netherlands. And anybody else who's with us, you know, most people still listen by podcast, which is too bad because live chat's much, I mean, the live show is much more fun. So you can do live chat when we're live. Uh, the Skype line, you can also call in internationally. And uh, as I mentioned, my, my, uh, my information thing. So that's all fair game. Uh, I want to talk a little bit, just kind of introducing a new topic. Um, Mercola, Dr. Mercola came out with this. Um, I read this study um, from another journalist who broke a story a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it's on our uh, Action Radio Vaccine Project, which is private, but I posted other places. Apparently, one-third of the uh, Pfizer uh, COVID jabs uh, in, in Denmark um, are placebos. And the reason they did that was because the first batch was so deadly that they, they took a bunch of stuff out of it and made a second batch that was still pretty bad. So then just so they wouldn't have liability but still couldn't tell people that they took the, the jab, they're actually just sending out placebos, which they didn't test at all because they're placebos. And that's how they know they're placebos because they didn't, they, there's no record of testing of any of these things because it's, it's saline, it's salt, it's, it's, it's harmless. So my question, of course, is how many people that got the placebo got COVID? I would say probably zero because they've already had it and they're already immune to it. But what about the idea that uh, part of the, the scam, part of the fraud, part of the incredible you know, worldwide uh, COVID um, conspiracy, I guess you'd call it, is the fact that they've been passing out one-third placebos in Denmark. And how, who knows how many in this country? Uh, let's go Pianchi and Bonnie. Um, have you, Pianchi, have you heard about this story? Do you know anything about it? And what's, uh, what's your reaction? Radio no, I really <clears throat> kind of pulled away from the COVID stories. Oh, really? after it's quite obvious what was going on. Well, it was obvious to us in March of 2020. So you must have been you know, out for a while because we've been, we've been uh, on this a lot. Uh, okay, Bonnie, have you heard about this? I had not heard about that, no, but it honestly doesn't surprise me. I mean, mm-hmm. in all actuality, I don't even know that I would trust any of the vaccines that were out there. I know there were three main manufacturers, but to know that there's placebos out there does not surprise me one bit. Mm-hmm. 
So what do we do with these companies? What, uh, what, what punishment, what, uh, you know, what kind of Nuremberg, you know, trials should we put these people through? What's, uh, what can we hold them accountable? Um, in fact, the whole fascist cabal, you know, Dr. Fascist, the health Nazis, big tech, big pharma, and big government health. What do you want to do with them? Well, Fauci needs to be in prison. I mean, that's okay. just, he's out and out, an absolute nomination, top of the list for that because of everything that he did, and yet doesn't want to take any responsibility for it and still claims that it was all above board, even though there's emails proving otherwise. He's he needs to be convicted. It. Well, uh, he's, a, he's, a, he's a psychopath. I mean, he, he's, he's the definition yeah. of a psychopath. He can lie without a conscience. He can sit there and say, yeah, mask. You know, you got to wear the mask, you know, because it's, it's good for you. Maybe you should wear two, maybe three of them, and, and get a few extra boosters, you know, make me rich. I guarantee you that man has never had a COVID shot. Guarantee it. Yeah. And I know he's never no, had a COVID shot because he's never gotten sick. You know, in fact, I don't know any politician other than conservatives who took a COVID shot. Trump probably got them because they're trying to kill him. Um, but has any politician had a, I mean, other than Ivanka, Trump, Trump's first wife got the COVID jab and she, she died. Um, but has any, any major politician um, had a COVID problem or had a COVID, COVID shot problem? I can't think of any. I don't think they're actually given it. That's, you know, mm. what I'm thinking. I mean, the, multiple people came out and tested positive for COVID. I remember when Pelosi tested positive, of course, Biden tested positive. And you keep asking yourself the question, well, well, you were the biggest proponent to get the shot, so why did you get COVID? Well, it would have been so much worse if you hadn't gotten the shot. It would have been so much worse. I'm just saying, if you get your shot, it won't be as bad as if you hadn't gotten the shot. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) We've got Fauci's (laughs) wife here. That's the scariest thing I've heard in a long time. Bad enough is one of them. Uh, oh, yeah. So Marco points out Ivanka is Trump's daughter. No, I should have said Ivana Trump. Ivana Trump is a, it was Trump's, I think, first wife. She's the one who died. And we can't prove it, of course, but we think it's a COVID shot. Um, so that's uh, Ivana. For, yeah. So it's Ivana. That's, uh, well, Marco, if you get a website, feel free. Marco's our, our, our tech you know, reporter who always you know, hands stuff in. But yeah. So think about that. So, so the Fauci family. Well, now, you know who Fauci's wife? Uh, she, isn't she like a CDC person or something like that? I mean, or one of the health agencies? I honestly don't know. Let me look it up. But uh, interesting, uh, Dr. Fascist, as we call him, Dr. Fascist is not a virologist. He has no specialized training of any kind. He just has a basic medical degree. I mean, I give him a PhD in bureaucracy mm. and lying, but he has no—he has no medical, right? he has no expertise beyond a, a basic um, general practitioner medical degree, which is an accomplishment. I'm not saying anything against that, but unless he went to Wassam out of you or some, you know, rinky-dink place. But uh, got yeah. his online degree at the University of Arizona. <laughs> online degree, Phoenix, yeah, yes, yeah, a medical degree from from. Uh, well, actually, Phoenix Online is pretty good, from what I've heard. Uh, we can disparage them. Um, yeah, don't so, mean to yeah, disparage Marcus, them. No, I'm just in yeah. general stating an online diploma. Well, you might have. I mean, I don't think he's ever seen a patient. I think he went straight to government, which is kind of interesting. All right, but the idea—have uh, you done much tracking of this? That there's a there are there are batches that are killing lots of people. Uh, there are batches that are just injuring a little bit people, and there are batches that are causing no problems at all. And this is within the United States. In fact, I post this in our vaccine uh, project. 
where there's many reports of different batches and things. You can take your batch number. I've got the, the sites where you can take your batch number, uh, check it out, you know, with injuries and things like that. So they're actually matching it up now. A lot of interesting things going on. Uh, Comments, yes, maybe no? I mean, it is interesting. I, I did hear about the different problems with the batches because even within, like, Pfizer versus Moderna, that, like, one had higher concentration of blood clots versus the other. Then they came out with an even, like, a fourth style that was completely different. It wasn't RNA-based. It was based on, I don't even remember what, but it was a completely restructured type of vaccine. And that one did not get a lot of press because everybody had already gotten one of the other three. So it was just kind of like a new everyone. philosophy. And that's true. Every, those that did get the vaccine went with one of the other three before the fourth option even came out. And that was because yeah. of the whole lightning fast project that Trump pushed and people still blame him for. And I do. I have to say, I fault Trump for listening to Fauci and, and mm-hmm. not firing. Him. I really think he did the wrong thing. Well, I've been saying that ever since uh, since he got uh, he sort of put down uh, Peter Navarro and uh, Dr. Zelenko. Uh, Peter Navarro has been on the mm-hmm. show. Uh, Zelenko was a friend of mine. You know, he'd been on several times. We wrote a bill reforming the FDA. I mean, I worked with him directly uh, before he became you know world famous, and uh, you know he got busy. And it's like, okay, well, okay, I'm glad I had the time that I did with him uh, to work on stuff. But uh, but these folks, I don't know what happened to Trump. I mean, Peter Navarro says he was lied to. I agree with that, but. Uh, you know, I mean, I almost say, wish he'd said, why do you listen to us? You know, how come my own congressman, Matt Gates, who knows me personally, who knew that our information was good, you know, who I couldn't get through to tell him, I said, you people are nuts in Congress. What the hell are you guys doing? You got to stop this craziness. You know, I mean, the, the idea that you can create a vaccine yeah. in a few months. And first of all, the long history of vaccines is they, they, they really don't work anyway. I mean, polo was pretty, polio, excuse me, not polo. <laughs> polio was pretty much gone by the time the so-called vaccine came out and what got rid of polio. And it right. was just, uh, I forgot who said it, it was uh, Scott Atlas or one of the people was just online or Malone or one of them said that the major reason that these diseases have gone, Oh, you know, who it was Robert Francis Kennedy was being interviewed. He said the major reason that most of those childhood diseases, infectious diseases have gone away is sanitation. In other words, good sewers and fresh water uh, and nutrition. Good, you know, properly cooked food, well, good food, know, things like that. Go ahead, Bianchi. You can't blame Trump. It's the people and their ignorance. Because he could have he could have done the opposite of Fauci, but the people were listening to Fauci because of the way the news gave him his classification. So Trump could have turned against Fauci, but then the people would have turned against Trump because the people are ignorant. Well, what happens when you have an ignorant populace? How do you explain the fact that he supported Dr. Zelenko? He approved of the Zelenko protocol. He talked about hydroxychloroquine. He was doing everything right. Peter Navarro had 80 million yeah, hydroxychloroquine tablets. Yeah, I know, but, but, but Peter Navarro had 80 million hydroxychloroquine tablets ready to go. Uh, Dr. Scott Atlas, you know, was saying, this is crazy. You can't listen to these people. Yeah, but that's not what See, you got several things going on here. You got one, ignorance in people that people don't want to, you know, people that come up with these conversations don't want to realize. You got the news media that the people listen to there at 6 o'clock in the evening, and then you got these deviants. <clears throat> so Trump was just put in a position that he there was no way out of. Okay. Fine. Mm, I don't agree. I mean, I think I think he did have a way out. Trump has never been afraid to state his own opinion, as we can tell from his toilet tweets. 
So <laughs> I do not think that he did not have the bravery to stand up and say, collusion, bigly. He could have easily looked at Fauci and been like, you're not going to mess with America. You're not making America great again. He knew that it was a fear tactic. He knew better than to listen to the expert advice because he had all of the beginning conversations way back in January when COVID first hit China. He knew that it was not from a bat in a marketplace like they wanted to push. He could have easily said, you're ridiculous, not listening to you. I'm going to go get some other advisors. He has smart people surrounding him. He's not a stupid man. I just disagree. I, I think that he had no reason to listen and give in to the fear of the, the media pushing Fauci as the ultimate source of knowledge. He's not, as you said, he has a, a degree and he probably has never seen a patient in his life. He basically spent his life researching cures for AIDS and failed miserably. Well, no, he, I mean, AZT, yeah, but, but, I mean, we, we did a show on how, uh, uh, you know, Dr. Fascist killed Freddie Mercury of Queen with AZT. So we, we've long seen, you know, been against him on that. Pianki, go ahead. This, mm-hmm. is, this, is, this is really key well, to what's uh, understanding COVID. Saying, but that's not what the people who are the voters is going to look at. When they Wait show dead bodies piled up at a mark, when they show the things that they were showing, people were afraid. And they were yeah, afraid but, uh, out of ignorance. Of but then, yet still, some people did die. So what are you going to do? Those were fake pictures. Those were fake pictures of people bodies stacked up at morgues. That was all, that was all staged. The, the staged pictures of people waiting in the emergency rooms when the emergency, other people came on so took pictures of emergency rooms and they were empty. You mean so the pictures that showed up on the 6 o'clock news? They were fake? Yeah, I know. But here's the thing, though. He's supposed to be above that. And this is where I agree with Bonnie, mm-hmm. that he has the best advisors, in the, or he should. He's, he should have the smartest people around him. He should have the best advisors. And he should be able to make decisions for himself. He had no problem going against the crowd uh, with tariffs on Mexico, with tariffs on China. He had no problem telling NATO to pay their fair share when everybody was telling him not to. He had no problem uh, opening up oil and, and putting a border wall. And he had no problem doing all kinds of things because he believed in it. I think the problem was because he felt he didn't have enough medical knowledge, he had to defer to these other people. But the problem is he had the best people around him. He had Dr. Selenko. He had uh, some of the other folks. He had the DDRL study in, in Marseille, which we had. He could have called them up and said, hey, Didier, what's going on with this uh, chloroquine stuff? You know, it was there. Peter Navarro knew. In fact, Trump even said, I'll never forget this. He said in a press conference, he said, I have advisors that have told me to do nothing, just to ride this out, and it'll be over with in a short period of time. Those advisors were absolutely right. Why he didn't go with them yep. is a big mystery. And I remember him saying it as clear as, uh, as, as anything. I just don't know the, the full extent. But he says, I have advisors that have told me to ride this out. And I know I'm pretty much I can, I can tell you who those were. Dr. Zelenko, <laughs> you know, uh, Peter Navarro, Scott Atlas, and uh, maybe a couple of other folks. But uh, those are, I, you know, because Navarro had the hydroxychloroquine tablets. They're ready to go. We could have stopped this in about six weeks. Right. So the question yep. is, well, what happens? I'm going to give you a chance. Uh, I'm give a chance in a second. Your Congress and your state legislatures okay, uh, put the people in trouble. Yeah, but this isn't a popular vote situation. This is where leadership comes in. And that's the difference between going by, by democracy, by popular vote, by taking a poll that Clinton used to do, Bill Clinton used to do every time. He, he, didn't, uh, he didn't put on a shirt without taking mm-hmm. a poll of what color to wear. But the thing is, but you've got to exercise leadership. Okay? I mean, he had no problem blocking travel from China. Well, he had a China he travel ban. Right. That went against everything. What was he going to come on at 6 o'clock in the, in the news and tell people? He should have. But what this is my question. Give me the line that he would tell people. 
what he should have told people, he said he should have fired Fauci, first of all. The minute Fauci assumed the podium instead of Trump, and here's what, I don't know if we talked about this a while, there was something called the pandemic playbook. And this is something that Obama left for Fauci because they, they all knew the, the, pan, the, the pandemic was coming. They don't plan on it. Obama was, I don't know, I don't think he was in on, on creating it, but he certainly knew about it because uh, he was the one that created the pandemic playbook, which he gave to Trump. So here's how you handle pandemics if you get one. Well, why would he do that if he didn't know one was coming? Well, what it was really designed for was for Fauci to take over the government, as he did, and get the lockdowns and mandates and all that stuff. So we really don't know Obama's role in this, but I guarantee you it was huge. But the question is, Trump should have exercised leadership. Now, was he so isolated that all he heard were the Dr. Fascists and the Burks and the, the, the Redfields and all those people? Or, or what happened? What happened when he was doing the right thing with hydroxychloroquine, Peter Navarro and Scott Atlas, and the wrong thing going with Dr. Fascist and the other health Nazis uh, and totally converted over to a vaccine thing? And ventilators. I mean, more people died on ventilators from uh, bacterial pneumonia uh, than COVID. By far. I mean, the hospital is killing people. You know, you used to have a lady that called in and questioned you on your professional on the subject compared to Yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah. There was nothing yeah. you could say. No, there's a lot I could say. He had First credentials. All, and no, you, no, what she, uh, he her contention. What? Go ahead. He has the credentials, she told you. Right. But I said a lot to her. And, I said, and honestly, people I said, have been all, hearing Fauci no, for no. years and years, and then no one had never heard not only you or anyone else of the names that you – so when the news media, you cannot mm-hmm. outdo them. I mean, just, just just face it and be true. They told the people what the people was hearing and made them afraid. So there's nothing that Trump could come on at 6 o'clock at a spot in the news and tell people – the get away from when they have been told that these professionals said that you should do. I and mean, come on, let's realize that. that. Now he could have made national broadcasts. He could have fired fascists, Dr. Fascist. He could have gotten rid of the whole warp speed program. There's a ton of things he could have done. He could have had hydroxychloroquine out there. Dr. Wait, 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 hold on a second. Let me, let me, let me finish this. Let me finish this. Well, well, me, and, and here's Jackie, the point. Now we, now you're in the end of it, and it didn't happen. I understand what you're saying, and I agree right. with you, but it but I've been didn't saying it from the beginning. You've got an ignorant populace. That's all I okay. got to say right. about it. All right, so given, so given the ig- ignorant population, you've got – this is where leadership comes in. Again, you know, if you're, if you're doing everything by popular will and then people are lying to the population, then you've got to set them straight, Okay. Trump could have dumped the whole, the whole Warp Seed program. He could have opened up through the First Amendment. I wrote an article on Substack that the cure for COVID was freedom. We had multiple people. We had America's frontline doctors. We had Dr. Mikevitz, who's been on the show countless times. Everybody was saying the, the, the right thing. Early treatments work. Hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin work. Trump should have said that, too. He should not have knuckled under to these, these nutcases that, uh, that killed a million people. And that's the whole point of leadership. Now, when it came to our liberal caller, who I banned because she was boring me, um, I said to her the same thing I say all the time. You don't have to be a doctor to question doctors. If that were the case, no journalist could ever question anybody unless they had a medical degree or unless they'd served in the military. They couldn't question the military. You don't have to be credentialed doctored to be able to ask questions. I can read the same studies they can. I got a brain just like they do. I don't have to be a lawyer to write legislation. Obviously, I write tons of it. So the question is, but it's a a bogus argument to say that you, you know, it's like I've said to, there was a woman on on a video who said, look, I'm not a veterinarian, but I know what a dog is. Or as I say, I'm not a meteorologist, but I know when it's raining. 
you know, so the idea that we can't use our brains, that we have to go through four years of college or that's, eight years of college people to be able to ask a question. Brains, but an absurd argument. Did you ever watch CNN during that time? They had a running clock off to the left side, yeah. lower right corner of the number of cases and number of deaths. That's uh-huh. what people was looking at. They was, they was afraid. Oh, I, I know people that at. took shots that was anti-government, but they took shots. And some of them mm-hmm. did. But at that time, that was the only thing they could turn to. Man, I got to take these shots. Look at all these people that's dying. I don't want to be one of them. Yes, and if we weren't I think what they needed was a ticker on the left side of the screen, and it could have been counting up the lives that hadn't died. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Lives marked for not getting the COVID vaccine. Hold on. I'm I'm going to get Bonnie. She's got a good point here. Uh, Hold on. You had people on the news saying blacks are being experienced more uh, more so than Blacks are dying more than anybody else. That's what people heard. They had these tents set up on parking lots, on car wash lots, and telling people to come get shots. That's what That's people heard. I know, but, but the people still have a brain. They could use their own judgment. They don't have no brain. They were brain dead. But anyway, yeah. See, that, uh, <laughs> no, I, I think they're misinformed. There's a difference between ignorance uh, and, and stupidity. And that's uh, people can be bright and still be ignorant. Well, what are they? What are they got oh, how did we figure it out? Well, they were missing. Wait a minute, how did, Yankee. How did that's we figure it out? That's the solution they came to. We had the whole thing figured out about two that, weeks. That time is behind us now. Yeah. Let me get to Bonnie. Tell me about this clock, Bonnie. What did you see on CNN? No, I saw the exact same thing. It's a fear tactic, and it was a running ticker of you know two hundred thousand three hundred. 52 people have now died because of COVID. And I just kept going up and up and up. And then they would give bar graphs and they would give pie graphs of, you know, this side of the country versus that or Caucasian versus African-American. It was all over the place, putting all of these studies out there showing, look at this number climbing. And here's how America ranks in the world, because now Italy has this many deaths and France has this many deaths and Germany has this many deaths. Where was the ticker on the left side of the screen that was saying lives marked safe, people still living that haven't contracted COVID or that haven't mm-hmm. gotten the vaccine? How about mm-hmm. contrasting that fear with safety and saying marked safe yet another day? I'm still here. I'm still breathing. If you would have looked at those numbers, they would have been starkly, starkly going over the COVID number. Because, mm-hmm. yes, people died from COVID. But a lot Not of those many. deaths were marked fictitiously. They were saying, if you died from fentanyl, well, were, did you test positive for COVID? Oh, another COVID death. Here we go. Let's, let's add it up. Didn't matter what you died from. If you had any kind of semblance to COVID, you were marked as a COVID death. So the, the yeah, numbers I don't were fixed. No, I know that. That's why they switched from death from deaths to cases. And so everything happened. Now, I don't know if you guys yeah. have, have noticed our shows, but if you look, notice every show for about the past three months now, there's a COVID chart. There's a CDC COVID chart mm-hmm. that shows that COVID deaths ended pretty much. We're near zero mid-July 2020. And the reason I put that on every single show as a slide is you can't find it anymore. Okay? That chart is not right. available. But that's the chart that proved when COVID ended. So COVID through natural immunity before the, before the COVID jab was over July of 2020. Mm-hmm. And I stand by that CDC chart because they put it out. I still got it. Now, like I said, you can't right. find it except on my computer and on all my shows now. But that's when they switched yeah. from deaths to cases. That's when they switched to make everything a COVID death. That's when they started fudging the PCR test and amplifying it up 40 cycles so that everybody would test positive for COVID, whether you had it or not. That's when they started lying and cheating and fear-mongering and locking down and masking and everything else they did because they had to preserve COVID. 
They had to preserve exactly. COVID until their biggest COVID jab could spread COVID that way. And they used COVID well, they as also, a marketing ploy to do vaccines. And that's the story of COVID. But it was over July of 2020. Go ahead. But they also needed it to continue to election season. They mm-hmm. needed it to be extended long enough to make sure that people didn't actually go to the polls, that you would mail in your ballots to continue mm-hmm. that narrative of basically isolating yourself. Don't talk to people who know better. Don't go yep. to those crazy Facebook forums of people that are spreading, quote, unquote, misinformation. They don't know mm-hmm. what they're talking about. Those crazy people, they want to kill you. When you go to the grocery store and you don't put your mask on, you are literally killing hundreds of people in that store. How dare you? <laughs> How dare you kill my grandma? That was the narrative well, that was being pushed. Oh, I know. I know it's being pushed. Listen, I, I rejected it, just like I rejected the liberal caller and, you know, trounced her in the ground mm-hmm. with the thing. You can ask, anybody can ask a question of anybody else. You don't have to have a degree in something to ask a question. You know, this, this idea no. of so-called experts and the government experts on the government payroll, they're told what to say. You know, if you take a private right. expert, you know, uh, in climate, you know, we have Gregory Wright, the climate geologist, the CO2 coalition. You take him versus some government paid scientist who's, whose job depends on them giving the government policy. Who are you going to believe? So the question is, right. is it a government paid expert or is it a real expert? You look at the experts we had on the show, okay? Mikevitz, Artis, Marble, Thorpe, all these incredible people. These were experts, okay? They're all doctors. They're experts. And I questioned them too, you know, and that was part of the show. But the thing is, they were questioning. So we had experts, doctor experts, questioning other doctor experts. So the idea that the government expert is the expert is absurd. And what if, you know, I'm trying to yeah. get a, uh, I'm hoping to get a debate someday with uh, Alan Dershowitz. Okay. I am not a lawyer. Mm-hmm. I've had one course in constitutional law. We talk about constitutional issues on the show. Pianki and I do this all the time. We talk about issues that nobody else I believe talks about. That's why I want to get him on the show to basically confirm what I've been saying to my audience for the last, you know, five years. Well, actually six years. You know, but that's but that but am I an expert? No. But can I question? I mean, that's the whole. I mean, how many journalists have a degree in, in the people that they talk to? You'd have to have 15 degrees. If you're a journalist that covers a bunch of different yeah. issues, how could you possibly ask questions if the standard was you have to be certified and degreed as much as the person you're talking to? That's an absurd standard. But that's your, that, that's ridiculous. Depends on who you're talking to. Well, you're talking to people. Here's another thing. Just like these congressional hearings that's going on now. <clears throat> and you're finding Which out ones? that people lied and so on and so on. Congress cannot lock those people up. It takes the DOJ to do that. Congress well, can't lock here. up nobody. But they can ask the questions. You know, members of Congress, they if they're, if the they're interviewing a doctor, do they have to have a medical degree? People are lying. Oh, the people done something wrong. Who does it take to lock them up? It takes the Department of Justice prosecutors well, yeah, to bring but charge. But they did. a different issue. That's a completely different issue. We're talking about questioning people. I mean, obviously, it takes the Department of Justice to lock them up, and you're not going to have that during a, a, a stolen government. But the question is, can members of Congress ask questions of doctors, of lawyers, of, of military people, of, of technical folks, of big tech, without a degree in those subjects? Of course they can. It would be and a certain thing. That's the point I'm making. What's that? Suppose what? they say I'm not going to Oh, okay. All right. Bonnie, I want, to, I want to get you in this conversation too. Okay. So, so after the show or maybe even during it, I'm not sure, hopefully uh, after, Chris Ray, the chief liar of the FBI, right, is going up before Congress. Now, the question has been asked uh, several times, Ted Cruz in particular, says how many FBI personnel 
I call them mercenaries, did you have at January 6th? And he said, and, the, and one of his underlings said, I can't answer the question. So my response, I've got an article on this. You can look it up, FBI, KGB, treason or perjury. It's, it's right out there. Everybody can see it. So what I said was, if they say I can't ask the question, and the response is, well, that means one of two things. One, you're saying you can't answer the question because you know that there were FBI personnel. And if you admit that, you're admitting to treason for insurrection, for stealing the government. If you say, you know, if you, if, as I believe, you know there are FBI personnel there and you say there were no FBI personnel, then you're guilty of perjury. So which is it, Chris Ray? Are you a traitor because you know about the insurrection and won't tell us? Or are you a perjurer because you know about the insurrection and you're denying it? So which are you? And by implication, by saying you don't know, you can't answer the question, I think you're both a traitor and a perjurer. I mean, that's how I'd approach it if I were in Congress. Bonnie? Yeah, but I agree. Okay, let's go Pianchi first then. Pianchi, but that's the argument. If you say yes, you're a traitor. If you say no, you're a perjurer. So the only answer they can give is, I can't answer the question, which makes them both a traitor and a perjurer. Pianchi? Even the crews can't lock up nobody. And here's the thing. I'm not asking him to lock up anybody. You're missing the point. I just want him to ask the question to make Chris Ray scorn. the The key issue here is voters. Voters seen people climbing up walls. They never seen the picture of the people being escorted by Capitol Police to go to this room, that room, to take pictures here. Yes. They didn't see that till way after the fact. What but was embedded we, yeah. in the populist mind was people crawling up walls, pushing on the doors, and so on, so right. on, so on. The news yeah, the had already Hill. done its damage. Yeah. But here's the thing, though. That's why we have a representative government, because, because people don't have the time. We elect representatives to hold these hearings, to conduct these studies, to provide us with good legislation. And if they don't, we can vote them out. But because people don't have the time to do oversight hearings and everything else like that, except me, you know, a bunch of other news junkies, uh, but people don't have the time. So they don't have to be able to do this, but the legislators do. Let me get Bonnie's response. Treason, perjury, or, or I can't answer the question. What do you think? How's that for an argument? Uh, well, I, I'm going to say both. Like, again, when he said, I'm not going to answer the question, it's because he's guilty of both, obviously. And that's the go-to response for anybody that does not want to give an answer. They're just going to claim the fifth or they're going to just say, I can't answer that. But why can't we say you have to answer the question? This is oversight. We're not giving you an option here. And you can't say ongoing investigation either. Because we're conducting an ongoing investigation. And that investigation, because we represent the American people, means that you have to answer the question. So if you know they're FBI operatives, you have to tell us. Well, I can only tell you in closed Mm -hmm. session. No, you can't. You can tell us in open session. You don't think the American people – this is what I'd say if I was in Congress. You don't think the American people deserve to know whether their own FBI has stolen the government? Go ahead. Tell me. Tell me right now. Did the FBI help steal the government? Yes or no? No, I can't answer that question. What do you mean you can't answer that question? You've just answered it by not answering it, moron. That's right. what I would say. Right. Okay. Exactly. Bonnie? Exactly. No, I fully agree with that. And if they want to sit there and say, well, fine, we'll put you up to a lie detector test. And then you're forced to answer yes or no. You're not allowed to say, I will not. You have to answer yes or no. No, I think being under the cameras is the lie detector. I, I think that is the lie detector test. Yeah. Now, Pianca makes a, makes a point yeah, about the, the voters. The but test come back but, and show he lied. You know, you know that? that lying is not a crime? It is to Congress. Yes, it is. If you're under oath, lying to Perjury Congress is. is a felony. If he lied, okay, now he's he found that he's lying. Now, mm-hmm. who has to implement the justice? It's the Department of Justice, the DOJ. Yeah, but, they yeah, didn't that, do it. 
I'm not asking, I'm not saying that, the, that Congress has to arrest these people. What I'm saying is that Congress has to get the story out. So we need to condemn them in the court of public opinion. We need to get the story out. It needs to be viewed. YouTubes need to be made of him saying, I can't answer the question. And Ted Cruz or Matt Gates, a congressman, or somebody getting up and saying, if you know that there are FBI informants or operatives January 6th, you have to tell us. Because if you say, no, there weren't, and you know there were, you're a perjurer. If you say, yes, there were, you've just admitted to insurrection and treason. I said, so I know why you're not saying, but we're saying you have to answer that question. You have to answer yes or no, or we're going to think you're both a traitor and a perjurer. That's how you box him in, though. Kicked out and who stayed in. What's that? In 2022, who's supposed to get kicked out and who stayed in? They all stayed in. So people didn't pay no attention to that. Okay, so you're, 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 you're combining elections with, with congressional oversight. What I'm saying, these are two separate issues. Arresting these people is completely separate from investigating them by Congress. Congress is duty-bound to investigate them. Yes, you're absolutely right. The Justice Department would ultimately have to arrest them. I'm wondering where the state attorney generals are. Maybe they should arrest them, you know, for, for imposing a federal it's government a that regulates the states federal. that's illegal. Go ahead. Yes, yeah, federal. That's not state. So well, wait a minute. Let me is, ask you. Uh, you got to, well, let me let me ask Bonnie the question. Well, the court's the, gonna say the courts is gonna say that it's not a state issue. It's a federal issue. You saying okay. what Trump should have done? You saying what Trump should have done based on this information? I'm saying is this: you got a combination of things. One, you got ignorant people. Then you got a newspaper that's t- news media that's talking to the people. That's what they see. They don't see all these other times. They don't watch C-SPAN. They're not watching these hearings. And if yeah, they are the watching the are. hearings and it shows that the person is lying, why come they're not going to jail? Because the DOJ is not going to lock them up. But, again, I get back to this is why we have a representative government, because if you, you, what you're talking about is a full democracy where everybody participates and everybody has, has a vote on, on what happens, and that's not going to work, obviously. In 2022, history. they voted them back in. Oh, I know. I agree. You know, I mean, that's, that's an election issue. That's separate. I don't want to confuse the issue. The issue is congressional oversight. And the issue is putting Chris Ray on the stand and, have, and forcing him in a position where he either admits that he – because I know he knows, and we know there are FBI operatives there. So we know he knows. We know, already know the answer to the question. I'm just, I just want to box him in and make him swarm make him, and see what he'll do. make him say some put clamps on his toes or prongs on his testicles? How are you going to make it? <laughs> that's that's where the word testify comes from, by the way. For those that don't know, in ancient Rome, the word testify came from men grabbing their man parts and, and say, you know, saying, you know, I testify on these, otherwise I lose them. Uh, you should look up the original meaning of testify. It's kind of interesting. Oh, right. man. Yeah, that's where it comes from. Hey, Rome, they were pretty brutal. You know, if you lie, you lose them. That's 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 kind of how it went. So this is this is that's how mm-hmm. they got honesty back in the old days before computers. But Bonnie, let me let me get you in on this congressional oversight. Uh, Pianchi's contention that uh, uh, the, the DOJ can't arrest uh, the DOJ is the one that has to arrest them, and I'm saying that that's not the point of this. The point of this is investigation, getting the information out. Where do you come down on those? No, I agree. You, you do need to get it out there because, as you made the point about being the court of the public opinion, it is so important to get truth out there so that people understand that whole misinformation, ignorance, excuse. It's unacceptable because if it were put out there, it, you, don't, you shouldn't have to watch C-SPAN to see the proceedings. If we have to be subjected to watching a Supreme Court justice being sworn in 
on any station because it's a huge momentous occasion. Well, it should be a huge momentous occasion for somebody testifying the truth behind what they were involved in or what they knew about the goings-on behind that January 6th event. It's if everybody wanted to know the truth behind it and wanted to easily blame radical people that came in and wanted to take over and overthrow the government, if they want to know that, then they need to know the truth behind was this an actual setup? Was this made to be everything that it appeared to be? Mm-hmm. And it goes right back to the same course of the whole George Floyd case, where you had all of these different aspects coming in and the narrative that's being pushed on every single station from day one about how Derek Chauvin did this and how dare he and this, the white man is keeping the black man down, and here we go, let's rise up and just start burning down cities, because if you don't burn down a city, you'll never have democracy. It's the same <laughs> thing. If you talk yeah. about the truth and the fact that he died from a fentanyl overdose, none of that destruction would have even happened. Yeah, freedom works. Yeah, but works. still, Free information works to get that information out. And why some local prosecutors wouldn't prosecute these people that were going into these stores? They had pictures of them. They own film. That's yeah, I agree with you. It's a, it's a little bit of a different issue, but uh, it's certainly it's certainly valid. My contention also is too. Well, the same thing. Of, you oh, want the DOJ to prosecute uh, what's his name Ray? Well, no, I. I, I Ultimately, yes, but not until the Trump administration, because no one's going to prosecute him now. I'm not calling for that. I'm calling for him to be put on the hot seat under the lights and the cameras rolling, you know, to actually be asked these questions. That's what's important. But here's another thing, too. The reason, getting back to representative government again, you know, when you talk about the voters having to make decisions and they don't have the information and they only get what's on the evening news, you know, if we had voters as well informed as Congress people, we wouldn't need Congress. The voters could simply do it. We could just have a democracy and the voters mm-hmm. could, uh, you know, take votes and take polls and they could uh, listen to the hearings and listen to the people and listen to the Supreme Court judges, you know, and that'd be all that'll be all done. But that we don't. We have a representative government because it's complicated because there are complex issues. Why do you think they have committees and subcommittees? Because no one person in Congress even hears all the information. They have to trust their colleagues when the I, reports are presented from the committee hearings and the subcommittee hearings. That's what's going to go on today. All right. I want to change the subject. We've got about 18 minutes left. NATO. NATO, we've got a summit in NATO, uh, illegal Brandon with his cadre of Chinese, uh, you know, dependent uh, officers is in Vilnius, Lithuania. Bonnie, do you know who else comes? This is my question I asked earlier. Who else, famous character in movies, came from Vilnius, Lithuania? Is that Arnold Schwarzenegger? No. Good guess, though. Sean Connery. Sean Connery, Captain Ramius, Hunter in October. John Connery, who played Captain really? Ramius, you know, the, the character in Hunt for Red October, you know, with Alex Baldwin, the, the least, my least favorite actor on the planet. Yeah. Because he's a slime ball and he killed someone with a gun. Uh, yeah. Captain right. Ramius was from, was from Vilnius, Lithuania. That's part of the plot. Anyway, point being, NATO. Why are we even in NATO? Let's go Bonnie and then Pianchi. Why are we in NATO? I honestly don't know. Okay. I, I do not know why we are in NATO at, to this point. I do not understand because the whole point was to protect one another, but nobody ever stands up for America. From what? All we ever do is get involved in everybody else's affairs. Yeah. What were you protecting us from? We're supposed to be protected from any foreign threat, but when it comes to – actually, NATO is more of like the trade policy, is it not? So no. being able to fairly no. trade across the board with everyone, no? Is it the no, protection I, act? No, I NATO stands my... for North – NATO stands for North Atlantic Treaty Organization. It was basically set up to stop Russia from invading Western Europe. So Russia set up the Warsaw Pact, 
which was all the Eastern European countries that they dominated and invaded. And there was a line between them and that line Churchill dubbed the Iron Curtain. So that's, right. that's, that was basically the stalemate between Russia and the Warsaw Pact countries as their buffer zone and Western Europe, which we were protecting as not our buffer zone, but certainly we were protecting Western Europe because in World War II, we had gone across um, most of Europe and liberated it from Nazi Germany. And Germany was split down the middle. Right. Russia claimed East Germany. Uh, and we claimed right. West Germany, except for Berlin, which was this little island in East Germany that I happened to visit in 1982 while the Berlin Wall was still up, which is a fascinating experience. So that's how the sides divided. NATO was Western Europe, backed by the U.S., because mm-hmm. we had all the money then and all the factories mm-hmm. and all the economy. And Russia uh, basically mm-hmm. invaded. They basically kept the countries that they, quote, didn't liberate from the Nazis, basically took over after the Nazis. Poland, Romania, Hungary, the Czech Republic, which was Czechoslovakia at the time. Um, all these different countries all the way down the line. Uh, even Yugoslavia, which well, became, you, it, you know, all those countries. The key thing is the, it's because of the treaty. And in the Constitution, treaties are listed as being supreme. We had a treaty with those countries to provide their war protection, and they mm-hmm. would buy military goods and things of that nature from the United States manufacturing. That was a good idea. Warsaw mm-hmm. had their, I don't Warsaw know if that's... Had their, we had NATO. I don't know if that's in there. So do you, have you looked at the, the NATO, the actual NATO treaty? Treaty is supreme. Read the yeah, no, you're right there. No, I'm not, I'm not disputing that. But what I'm saying is, does the North Atlantic Treaty Organization treaty include trade provisions? That's what I don't know. Yes, it's in the treaty. It, it, sure? it, it, it includes extradition, too. When you got somebody the United States want to bring back and put on trial, they got to let them go. Guess what I'm going to look up for tomorrow's show, the NATO treaty. So how about something like the Nuremberg trials after World War II, the war crimes trials? Is there anything like that in the NATO treaty? I'm just curious. I mean, how did those come about? This is before NATO. Well, they came about with Israel. They came about with Ralph Blanche, the black man that helped to create Israel. So um, you got what you got. Maybe it's two separate issues. Maybe I'm confusing things. I'll, I'll, I'll leave on that question. But let's talk about NATO, um, about the fact that I don't believe, uh, I don't, I've never seen any provision of NATO that involved trade. Now, we have trade agreements. We, have, we used to have the North American Free Trade Zone or whatever that was. It was a stupid agreement. NAFTA. That was a dumb agreement. Trump replaced it with um, something else that was a lot better. But I don't think there's trade agreements with Europe. Now, there's funding agreements where we basically we funded NATO when we had the big economy and they were recovering from World War II. But that changed. And now those countries are, are able to fund their own. And they're supposed to provide 2% of their own defense, and they don't. And we've been paying uh, the extra. And that's what Trump was saying. He well, they, said to NATO, hey, Germany, France, bill. you got to pay your own way now. They pay for U.S. military uh, support. I mean, I don't think that that's free. I mean, it may not be as much as it should be, but it's not free. But the United States goes to the aid of its NATO partners. That, no, that's, you're right. This is what I understand of the NATO treaty. North American, free, North American Treaty Organization is basically if, if the Soviet Union attacks, you know, back when the Soviet Union attacks any of the NATO countries, all the rest of the countries come to their aid and attack the Soviet Union. That's basically what it's set up to do. So if Russia you know, sent the tanks to the Fulda Gap, which I actually saw the Fulda Gap. It's this wide-open plain where Russia's going to send all their tanks through, and we would have had to go nuclear to stop them. That, that would basically the point. Um, and so it worked to keep it, it stable for a long time. It don't have to be Russia. It can be any of the Arab 
nations. But who else is going to do it? Who else is going to invade West Europe? China? You know, Mongolia? Are they going to say, is Genghis Khan going to come back? Who else would invade Western Europe? It could be a, somebody come from out of space, like Independence Day. Okay, now, now we're really, now we're really off topic. Well, it's funny, though. <laughs> now, well, let me ask Bonnie. Bonnie. So States, who else? The United States, United well, States well, comes to the aid with military well, equipment in the military. Well, uh, let me ask Bonnie that same question. Who's going to invade Western Europe other than Russia? I can't think of a single country that would because there's no other country that has the funds to do so. Russia literally helped fund Afghanistan. They would they would be able to fund Iran, Iraq. They'd fund anybody in any country that's not part of any kind of um, – oh, what's the word I'm looking for? A, a, a very contentious nation that is just literally looking to make war. Russia really is the only threat. I don't see any other country coming. China's not going to attack. Why would they? They don't need to. This for the only place in the world. France, not. Is, France is under France is under invasion right now, right? It ain't Russia. No, but that's that's because they're stupid. They're they're taking in all kinds of uh, of immigrants that are not really immigrants. They're just wandering. You know, folks from Algeria are coming in by the by the boatload. <laughs> but that's a whole different story. That's an immigration issue. Mm-hmm. That's that's their own, that's their choice invaded. So they basically brought upon their own invasion, just like we did with our southern border. You know, when the government was stolen, and nobody stopped them. But we're talking about an actual exactly. a World War II style invasion. You know, the tanks, the troops, the uh, the town to town, the uh, the occupation, the seizing of territory, and the seizing of whole nations that Germany did throughout Eastern Europe, and then Russia did on the way back. So these countries got seized twice. That right. kind of war. You know, I don't one see of the largest there. expenses in a, in any country's budget is their military. Well, they can depend on the United States to provide that expense provides uh-huh. their military, then they don't have to expense that themselves. You know, in Sweden, their military, their Navy is off on the weekends. <laughs> Friday, they go home Sunday, Monday morning. Hey, Sweden makes some really good fighter planes. I don't know if you've seen them, but the, the Draken, the, the Viggen, and the Gripen are really good fighters. And the only place I ever see them fly is Sweden. So they have enough money to, to create their own fighters and not have to uh, sell them to other countries. That's kind of interesting. All right. So, what is the United States interest in NATO? Why would we want it expanded through all of the former Warsaw Pact countries? Because um, that, that means we'd have to pay for more countries. Why, why would we do that? What's our interest in that? Let's go Bonnie first. Because those countries buy U.S. made, probably buy Boeing planes. Boeing collects money. Boeing pays and contributes to a political campaign. That's how that works. But they could do that. They could buy they could buy jets without being uh, part of NATO. A lot of countries do that. Yeah, Israel's well, not part of NATO. We buy treaty to do it. No, but Israel's not part of NATO. They buy our stuff. Taiwan's not part of NATO. We have a separate treaty with them. Well, a, a lot of countries buy our stuff. That's another discussion. Yeah. Well, and we don't but, know. We don't know. I don't know what the treaty is between Israel and the United States. I'm sure there's something. Uh-huh. <clears throat> but that's how that works. Yeah, how about Japan? Japan buys all kinds of U.S. Uh, stuff, and they develop their well, own. Japan couldn't have a military after, after they lost World War II, one of the treaty agreements that they would not have a national military. Yeah, then they got gradually watered down. Now they have a huge military. It's really kind of interesting. But, Bonnie, let me just ask this question. What, why would we want to take on more European countries into NATO? How does that help us? Well, I can think of a couple different reasons, and I may be off base on this, but one would no, be expanding the 
expanding the reach of our country to allowing yet even more immigrants into our country from different different countries to help diversify our country, if you will, and getting even more people involved in different aspects of voting yeah, and whatnot. I mean, that would be one. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's one aspect. So that's not diversity. And another, <laughs> no, another aspect I can think of is the more that we involve ourselves in European countries, the more presence that we have, I kind of think we're closer to more of a one currency, one world. I mean, it kind of goes with that infiltrating and getting to the point where you really only have a few power heads and ultimately one of the power heads will rise up against and above them all. That's my personal take on it. Okay. I think you're onto something here and I want to, talk to I want to ask Pianchi the same question. Um, the Europe, the European folks have a European union. They have their own European government. They've created the Euro. They have standards. In fact, uh, Marco was talking about this the other day, how uh, the Netherlands, their border is not their border anymore. It's the European Union's decision as to who comes in. So a lot of these Algerians in France, I'm sure, are because of the European Union. So if there is a European Union that can probably protect Europe, why are we there? Why do we need NATO if there's European Union? Let them do it. You need NATO. You need Americans there because Americans protect American, I mean, American military protects American interests. If you got American businesses in a country working, you have to have an American military somewhere nearby to protect it in case something breaks out. You had AFRICOM. AFRICOM was trying to show that American business, go to Africa, if something breaks out, we will protect you. That's what it's all about. Yeah, I see. I don't see that, though, because if we have a European Union, that's going to be supreme over any American interest, even NATO, because the European Union is a collection of all the governments that have given that government the power of law. NATO does not have the power of law. They can't change laws. Yeah, they can defend, defend our soldiers there, but our soldiers are there defending other countries. We can just pull our soldiers out. And if we have to be there, we can make right. a treaty agreement to borrow their bases, like we did with Saudi Arabia, well, you you know, for the American Gulf Wars. Yeah, but you see, again, you're bringing it back to a trade issue, and NATO is a military defensive treaty. It's not a trade treaty, and this is why I'm confused. You know, there was a time when no country would dare mess with an American citizen. You know why? Because they knew they would get their ass kicked. Mm -hmm. That ain't like that now. Mm -hmm. If you uh, when Obama got elected, you seen French go in and bomb Cote d'Ivoire's airport and their planes that the French had sold them previously. So when you, so it was a time in this world when you dare not mess with an American. It ain't no more. Someone just said that recently about about Roman citizens too. Nobody would kill a Roman, you know, no matter where they went in the new world because Rome would come down and, and crush them. Americans, same thing. Americans used to be able to walk, you know, the streets at night in cities and around the world. No one would miss them because, you know, our government would do something. Our government doesn't do that anymore. Bonnie, you're going to say something. No, I, I was just going to say when it comes to that presence, the spreading of the American presence there back to the military aspect of it, going into a country, taking over more countries, putting more presence of yourself. And it, it unifies you in the sense that you can have more of a foothold. So if America is going in and it's gaining more territory, if you will, you eventually get to the point where, like you were bringing up the European Union, who knows what American Union could be brought into place because of the NATO. And so now you have like the American Union and EU merging together as one. 
against Russia and against China. Now you have three players in the game instead of 50. And when that happens, those three heads can go at it, and eventually they're going to take one another out to the point where you only have one left. And that's where you get to the ultimate plan of one world happen. And at that point, <laughs> in my opinion, that's, that's the end of the times right there. Like we're literally looking at that in the, in the forward picture. But okay. you have more power. The more power that you gain in territory, the more power you have militarily, politically, economically, that's where it all heads. And that's what this is. It's a huge political game. And everybody is in it vying for who can have the most power. It's the same reason you really don't have buying to worry about the world. We can't get it right in the country. Why do you think Walmart no. is closing uh, six stores? Was it Walmart or Walgreens? Both of them are closing stores in Chicago because they can't get police protection. If you can't protect your own businesses in your country, how are you going to protect them abroad? That's what people see. Police nice. don't stop people from walking into the stores and filling up trash bags full of stuff. They need to be shot, from my opinion, at least beat across the damn head. These stores <laughs> are closing. They say we can't get protection. Look at San Francisco. The corporations are moving. Yeah. We can't get protection for our people. It's the same way when you go into another country and open up shops. You have to have somebody to protect you, and that's your United States military. At that embassy, you got a Marine barracks, a contingent of Marines that can get cross-border authorization. There shouldn't be no cross-border authorization. If you got Americans being attacked someplace, you go in there and help them out. Ronnie? I don't disagree. I, I don't disagree. I mean, you do need to show that you've got strength in your own country before you can take on more. But the fact of the matter is, I don't think a lot of Americans even want that. They're going to sit there and blame the lack of order and semblance on overreach of government. And at the same time, overreach of government is what got us into this in the first place. So if you have cities that what are falling apart because education? of them decrying independence, just like Portland, Oregon, who literally everything is allowed there, and they created their own Chad city within the city, and it's nothing but serial rapists raping people daily and drug use escalating – it's a mess, but they wanted it that way. And they, at the same time, can't crawl themselves out of their own hole, but they don't want to do anything to change it. So military enforcement is, is cried out against the public like, how dare you? They didn't want Trump to send troops to Chad during that whole situation. They did not want federal government intruding on their personal freedoms. You're absolutely right. And you know who the ultimate military is in the United States? It's the people. The people is the Correct. militia, not the National Guard. It's the people. The people that's well-armed have to result to the situation that they do and say, we ain't taking it no more. Hell no. Right. We will protect our property and our lives. They don't do that. And that's that. what the people in Texas My are kids, doing. That's I got what the people kids. in Texas and Arizona are doing. I have black kids. My black kids know better than that than, 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 than the population in general. Talk to my grandson. Mm -hmm. He would tell you. He would say these people need to have their ass kicked because I taught them I that. Parents don't teach their kids that stuff no more. That's where the ignorance no, starts right there. So if you got ignorant absolutely. kids, they grow up to be who? Ignorant adults. 
Absolutely. And that's why the whole matter circles back to losing your personal identity as a child in the school. If you can't determine the basic of what gender you are, how are you ever going to grow up and saying, that's not right, government shouldn't do this, I'm going to stand up for my own rights? You don't even know who you are as a person, let alone are you going to grow a backbone and sit there and say, how dare you trample on my rights as an American citizen, which is why people in Texas and Arizona are defending their own yards from people pouring over the border with fentanyl, with trafficking, with everything else that's coming into our country illegally. And they are sticking up for their own household and being called out by the state and federal government. How dare you? How dare you do that? These are people, too. They have rights, too. Well, who has more rights in our country, the American citizen or the person coming in trying to commit the crime? And it's sad when the government itself is the one committing the crime. You a white female. Do you wear a gun? I I own a gun. I don't wear it out in public because it's a revolver and it has no safety on it, and I don't want my children getting it. You need to wear that gun on your hip that sends a message. You need to have a stacked barrel derringer in your bra with a 410 cartridge on top and a 9mm on the bottom. If a male attacks you, (laughs) it looks like you take that 410 and shoot him in the scrotum. That's right. That's right. That's why I wanted a revolver so I could fire it right through my purse. And all I'd have to do is lift up my hand and poof, right there. You're not going to come after me. But I saying. absolutely you am. You have a, the right a, to a, do that as a female. Female sends the message. Right. All the target is looking at the woman vote. Wear that weapon on you, even if it's just a holster. It can be a fashion right. statement. Wear it. And then it sends a <laughs> message. Right. When the United States pulls into the South China Sea with its aircraft carriers, what is it doing? It's sending a message. Right. This is great. I'm just listening I to agree. you. Too. This is fun. I'm, I'm, I'm hanging here. This is quite fun. Uh, are you in an open carry state? Because we're not yet in Florida. We got uh, we got permitless. In other words, we don't have to. You know, I've taken my my concealed carry permit out of my wallet because I don't need it anymore. It's now a souvenir. Um, yes. But we don't have open carry, and open carry is the greatest deterrent. And people say, well, people know you have a gun. Well, that's the whole point. Normalizing, right. Pianchi and I talk right. about this, the normalizing the sight of guns, particularly on women, especially women with kids. Yeah. You know, if you had women with kids with, uh, yeah. you know, in the stroller and the 45, you know, it would, it, that would be a huge signal. We're going to finish up here in just a minute, but right. uh, let me get your opinion on that, Bonnie. No, I, I don't think we're in open carry yet, but we do have the permitless like you. I have my concealed lifetime permit in Indiana as does my mm-hmm. husband, and we never leave home without, I mean, he's always armed. As far as wherever we go, if if, if he senses any place that we're going to be in public, he is making sure that he has his weapon ready to go. And we have been in situations not that far away. We've heard of stories on the news where because of one caring citizen, even in our own state of Indiana, there was mm-hmm. someone who came into a supermarket, and this guy was a hero. He saved the day because he was just an average citizen who carried his gun. And it's not talked about enough. The media makes anybody that wears a gun out to be a villain and, and a violence lover. And that's why they keep pushing the narrative of doing away with gun and gun control. And No, that's a basic right. The amendment was basically giving all citizens the right to fight back when there's injustice being there. And you have the right to do so, especially defending your home from an invader, whatever form of invasion that comes in, including the government. Yeah, that'd be a great job to pick up next week. Let me ask you both sort of a quick answer to, to our, our NATO question, and then, we're, uh, then we'll finish up for today. If uh, Trump gets us out of NATO, 
and we stopped paying the billions to support NATO, and that money was block granted back to the states for law enforcement. Would that be uh, a better use of the money? Oh, I think it would be because we'd at least get our own country in order. And I've always been a big proponent of cleaning your own house before you go into your neighbors. Make sure you have your affairs in order in your own country. Take care of your own people before you start messing with everybody else's business. And we have so many needs in our country, just like I talked about last week and the billions of dollars that were given just to the city of Chicago for foreign nationals to be housed. How much better use could we make of that money in that own city to deal with things like the homeless problem? Take care of our own people. They should be sued for spending money on foreign nationals. That's foreign aid. Exactly. Yeah, well, why don't the people of Chicago vote for them same idiots? I do not know. (laughs) Yeah. Well, uh, as long as we keep all the idiots in one place and and the same people move out and the the people that do move out, don't bring their socialism with them, we'll be in good shape. Hey, listen, I'm going to hold you both up. Thank you very much. This is great. We'll we'll do it again next week. Uh, Pretty much the same format. You know, I'll get to, uh, you know, have fun with Bonnie first (laughs) and then then open up in the second hour to anybody else who wants to join us, uh, especially Pianchi, because I love having you on the show. But uh, thank you both. Let's, uh, Bonnie, let's get a shameless plug for where your show is and uh, any last comment from you and then play some stuff and we'll do it again tomorrow. All right. Well, you can find me Saturday mornings currently from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Eastern time on WFRN 104.7. That's WFRN.com. And I will also shamelessly plug my cookbooks, Bonnie Appetit. I have two of them that are readily available through Amazon and Barnes & Noble, and that's Bonnie, B-O-N-N-I-E hyphen Appetit, A-P-P-E-T-I-T dot com. What's the recipe for the day now that you mentioned it? You know what? I'm going to go with recipe for the day. is going to be my very lemon chicken because that's what I'm making for dinner tonight. It's a fantastic summer recipe of marinating your chicken in a mixture of some yogurt, some fresh minced basil, and lemon juice and grilling it up. And it's so moist and good. It's the best with watermelon. We should start. <laughs> we need to start the show with uh, with your mm-hmm. recipe, and then we'll get into get into the politics. Once we get into politics, it's just you know, it's like the rock roll, the boulder rolling downhill. You can't stop it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so true. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Bonnie. Another another wonderful two hours instead of one. I really appreciate it. So when you have the time, you know, I just just keep that extra hour because you never know. Uh, it, it's uh, <laughs> I love having you on the show, and so it's 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 actually more fun to have you for two hours than one if you can spare the time. So I appreciate it. I'll do the best I can as often as I can. That I promise. Okay. Well, thank you, and have fun at Fern Radio. WFRN, Fern Radio, Indiana, one of the the only radio station named for a plant. It's Fern Radio. Come on and join us sometime. You listen to Bonnie Nisbet. (laughs) Sorry. Every time I think of Fern Radio, I I think of some guy chewing on a blade of grass, you know, sitting there with his khaki uh, shirt, you know, and now in overalls, you know, with the suspenders, right? Or or the overalls. Uh uh Time for Fern Radio. Have a great time. You know, maybe I can make a commercial Uh for you for, for your show. It's and now, what is it with WFRN? Hee-haw! Where, oh, where are you two not? Why did you tonight, leave, why did you leave me here all alone? I searched the world over <laughs> and thought I found true love. You met another. <laughs> you was gone. You were gone. <laughs> Goodbye, Bonnie. <laughs> Talk to you next week. Bye. All right. Uh-huh. I'll, be back, I'll be back again at uh, 7 o'clock tomorrow. Uh, Central Standard Time, 7 a.m. Central, uh, Daylight Saving Time, 7 a.m. Central Time tomorrow, where we will do it all again. Do you know your way around healthcare, insurance, pharmacies, surgery? 
alternative treatments and choices? I don't. Which is why I'm so glad I met Priscilla Romans, had her on Action Radio, and learned about health patient advocacy. She is the founder of Grave Care. And now as an affiliate of Grave Care, we are proud to offer through our discount code, WYL, which stands for Write Your Laws, a 10% discount. Grave Care saves you both time and money. They provide medical advocacy, consultation, advice, and recommendations nationwide. Their website is gravecare.com. That's G-R-A-I-T-H care.com. You can email them at gravecare.adm at gmail.com or call them at 469-864-7149. That's 469-864-7149. Grave Care, better health through better knowledge and advocacy. And if you want to help us out and be a sponsor, this is how you do it. Here at Action Radio, we are looking for sponsors. We have 30 and 60 second spots available for your announcements. And we have three minute live call-ins to talk about your products and services available. Action Radio is the next evolution beyond talk radio. Join us and let us help your business evolve. Think about being a sponsor of the future and not just a listener and help us help your business grow as you help us plunge headlong into breaking new ground here on Action Radio every day. Hello, this is Greg Penglis for our newest shooting range here in Milton, Florida. Stand your ground. My friend Jason Myers and crew are creating an incredible facility for our city. Stand Your Ground is located at 6632 Elva Street. The phone number is 850-789-1776. Their email is standyourground1776 at gmail.com. Here you'll find either in process or already going an indoor shooting range, axe throwing, archery, a rage room, self-defense classes, concealed carry weapons classes, security license training, paintball, a full-service gun store, and 24-7 online ordering. So come on down or contact them by phone, email, or website and learn how you can best stand your ground. This is Greg Penglis for Strike Force, your source for pure energy. Strike Force is a concentrated energy drink that turns a half liter of your favorite beverage into an energy drink. You make your energy drink yourself. Action Radio is an affiliate of Strikeforce, so our listeners get a 20% discount. All you do is add our code, WYL, to the discount code window at checkout. WYL comes from our website, Write Your Laws. So, you can get your energy drink, a 20% discount, and help Action Radio change the relationship of we the people to our government. Not bad. Strikeforce is at StrikeforceEnergy.com. That's StrikeforceEnergy.com. Start your engines. This is Greg Penglis. So what is Action Radio? It is a radio show with its own citizen legislature. That's you, the listener. It is a fully interactive system of listeners, expert guests, social media, writing bills, legislator input, bill submission, lobbying, and citizen action. 
Action Radio is the future of talk radio using all the available technology in one completely integrated new system. You are listening to Action Radio Online with Greg Penglis. The webpage for all Action Radio shows and podcasts is blogtalkradio.com slash citizen action. Please share our show with all your friends and family, both nationally and internationally. The guiding principle of Action Radio is this. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed.